Hi, this is Daniel Robick, and you're listening to the Below the Belt podcast. The only time I go below the belt. (laughs) That was fantastic. Thank you so much. The Below the Belt show is closed captioned for the hearing impaired. It is now time for the bad boys of Baltimore. Pips up. Goes down. Dudes, it's totally time for another episode of Blow the Belt Show. I'm your host, Eduardo Munson. Now, this is Alberto Soto. Nonetheless, as Eddie Munson, it's our Halloween episode of BTB. It's going to be a ghoulishly fun time here uh, in the upside down world. Again, Al Soto, a.k.a. Celebrity Soto, your host for the most. But today, you sound like Theodore Logan, I thought. <laughs> but today i am eduardo munson here on below the belt show dude uh, <laughs> anyways let's go ahead and introduce a panel festive for the halloween season starting with that's right he is the king of the 80s the d motivational speaker the one and only chachi mcfly I had no idea we're supposed to dress up tonight for the show. But uh, costumes really... and courage. I you were in a costume has... already. No, no one really ever... has been passed on. Yeah, I say I don't read my emails, but nobody really um, <laughs> sees us anyways. They only hear us. But I'm wearing a Hocus Pocus shirt, so I guess it's got to be good enough. You're dressed up as Joe Rogan today. Oh, th- okay. I'll, I'll take that. But You'll take Joe Rogan? It's definitely, um, yeah, I wish I had his money. It's definitely um, <laughs> Hocus Pocus You'll share one. with us, you know. Yeah, it's definitely from the first movie, not the horrible second movie. Okay, yes, yes. You know, we have not had your review of Hocus Pocus yet. And I know it's one oh of the God. Halloween movies that you, you love to watch, at least the first one. I do love you, it, yes. Yes, so you, you know, I don't know, you saw the second one. And um, for you, it was... Not as as well. You said it was it was expected to a degree because it was Disney. Well, do you want to introduce the rest of the uh, panel first? Should I do that? Okay. Yeah, maybe they'll have some opinions if they saw. That's it. right. So let's cool. go ahead and introduce. That's right. Uh, channeling her inner Olivia Newton-John. <laughs> she is actress extraordinaire. Anna Kuchma, the ravishing Russian. Um, of course, um, yes, a tribute to the late, great Livy Newton-John, who was amazing and who we lost way too soon. Yeah, um, I love the costume, love the wig, looking good. Trying. Got the red lipstick. Yeah, nice. I love it. I love it. Looking good. 
All right, let's go ahead and introduce also joining us here on the panel, uh, usually known as the Sith Lord, uh, Darth Paul Wallace. Now, he is channeling Officer Paul Wallace today. No, uh, I'm Sith Lord Texas Ranger. Sith Lord Ooh. Texas Ranger, okay. All right, so you kind of did a, like a little uh, amalgamation of uh, both costumes, I guess. I guess so, yep. Okay, okay. So you got your badge and you got your lightsaber. That's what you're saying. Yep. Okay. And the head. <laughs> the head wow. gives it a character for sure. Yeah. I use a more Texas type accent. You got that Texas accent, man. Um, are you a fan of the, the stop and frisk? Uh, depends on who I'm frisking. <laughs> Good answer. <laughs> Well, Texas Ranger, uh, Sith Lord, we're <laughs> Paul Wallace, happy to have you back on BTB. Um, so, um, yeah, I guess this goes into our um, our favorite movie that we like to, to watch during the holiday seasons. But in this particular holiday season is Halloween. It's our it's the holiday we're celebrating. Chachi, uh, I know that Hocus, po- Hocus Pocus is one of your favorite movies that you like to watch during halloween um but you had you had an opinion on um hocus pocus 2 which recently dropped on disney plus two yes yes um i mean hocus pocus is just one like even this halloween season like i've been watching the original um nightmare on elm street movies i think i'm on part four now the dream master wow but it's good to go back and watch those. I mean, you see how cheesy the special effects were back then, but it's kind of like um, it's kind of but it's heartwarming. Classic. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But Hocus Pocus two, oh, it, I knew it was gonna be bad because it was Disney doing it, and Disney is not about the art anymore. They're about the money. Right. right. And they haven't been about the art for a long time, and. You know, the original came out in 93, and I was just watching the original um, before the show, and you really see a stark difference between the original and then part two. And Disney back in the 90s and stuff, they were more like, you know, even though it was geared towards kids, it was more adult-oriented, you know, the movies. You know, they had like a, a bit of an edge, as a lot of things in the 90s did. Right. And Hocus Pocus, the original... You know, it was kind of scary, you know, especially for a kid. It was kind of scary. You know, the witches were trying to suck out the souls or whatever of the kids, you know, and um, and like a lot of the stuff that happened in the first one was not carried on to part two, which is, you know, pretty bad writing. You know, the witches were like way nicer in part two. They, you know, weren't trying to suck out the soul of any of the kids. Sarah Jessica Parker's character in the original, she was kind of like the sex craze type of witch, you know, always um, you're talking about the stuff that she would, would want to, you know, keep the boys company and this kind of she stuff. She hit menopause, you know? Chachi, so she's not a sex craze anymore. <laughs> but she's, but, you know, she was hundreds of years old in the first one, so, uh, you know, so true. What's another, true. what's another 20, you know, 20 some <laughs> years, like 30 years yeah, for like um, part two, you know, I right. mean, she's been dead all this time, so, like, you know, they've been dead since 93, so you figure they should still um, you know, 29 years, they should still be the same as they were in part three. I mean, right. part part one, you know, because um, it's been, you know, for them, it's no time they've been dead. 
But no, you know, mm. she wasn't showing any, any cleavage anymore, which I can understand that. But she should still be sex crazy. Witches should still be, you know, out out to, um, you know, they should still be villains. You know, and Disney doesn't want people to be villains anymore. It seems like they want everybody to be. It's really geared towards young kids. It seems like it wasn't geared towards the people who grew up mm. with the original and loved the original, which is okay. a big mistake that they do with sequels a lot of times. And that's. Um, Thing they did not do with Cobra Kai. Cobra Kai, they focused on the fans of the original, and they brought new fans along with them. Instead of being right. like, "Screw you, yeah. original fans. We're gonna, we want all new fans, and we don't want to hear anything from the original fans of this movie, even though they're, they're cashing in on it." Right. You know, and just you know, it's really hokey storylines. You know, like the original, they had typical storylines, like a new kid in school. He's getting, he's getting bullied. He's trying to overcome the bullies. He. Um, encounters a girl that he likes, you know, he's trying to get with her, you know, um, trying to win her over. Just, you know, basic, um, you know, storylines. This time they scrapped all of that. They have three new witches that were like young girls who were like teens that were very right. bland characters. Like I think one one girl um, they weren't friends with anymore and then all of a sudden they were friends with her and they didn't really explain too much of what happened, why they drifted apart and now they're friends again. Um, you had one scene where you had two guys on the couch watching the first Hocus Pocus movie, which made no sense. You know, it, <laughs> that I know takes they, it out of the universe. It does. It does. Like you can't it's be like watching. It's not, yeah, it's not right. a, like a continuation. It's right. Like, so it's saying the first one was fake and it was just a movie, and this one's right. Real, and it makes no right. sense. You know, and, and even though it was a, it was a tribute to um, Penny Marshall and and her and her brother who passed away. So that's why they're showing that scene from the first movie, but. They could have did a, a tribute in a different way, I think. Well, more about, like, I guess, girl power and sisterhood, and then they were trying to kill the kids and being scary and being a Halloween movie, which is what it's supposed to be. Right. You know? Um, Definitely agree with you on that. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, it's just Disney being Disney. It's a pure cash grab. I, mean, I was happy to see the original Three Witches back again, you know? And I, I wouldn't have watched it if they weren't going to be in it. But, you know, oh, the yeah. two... The two no um, grown-up kids um, who were in the original, and I know um, um, Tor was it Tora Birch? Was that her name? Tora Birch, that, yeah. That she, she was in The Walking Dead. Yeah, I think they wanted ago. her to be in this one, which you know, from the sounds of it, would have been as a cameo because she wasn't in it, and um, she was tied up on another filming another thing. But I don't think they even asked, um, you know, the boy who played Max. And well, Omri Katz uh, is retired yeah. from acting, so. Um, but he still wanted and, to do it, and and he even said in our interview um, last year that he wasn't even approached for it. Yeah, yeah much like the... uh, Trevor Furman from Clerks 2. He retired from acting 2, but he was willing to go back to do Clerks 3. Yep. But right. for whatever reason, uh, you know, they didn't bring Omri Katz or... Um, Omri wanted to do it. I mean, I think they know. should have, you know, only had him back if, if his sister was coming back. That would have made sense, but I mean, it's just... It's a typical garbage sequel, you know. It wasn't much uh, redeeming. They, they, the witches used some more modern-day slang in it that they wouldn't have known from being dead for the last 29 years. <laughs> uh, so that pissed me off. And then there was That's a whole, true. like, long Walgreens scene, which, um, you know, they walked into, uh, the witches walked into Walgreens, and it was a super brightly lit, and it was like, it really felt like you were watching a, a poorly made... Um, was it Walgreens? For, for Walgreens, it seemed like a Walgreens commercial, and it was just really it had it didn't flow with anything from the first um, Hocus Pocus. You know, it was really there's a really bad product placement. Won't be on my list um, to watch wow. every year. Okay, you know, I'll stick to the original and I'll pretend the new one never happened. 
but we can assume that Hocus Pocus, the first one, is one of your favorite Halloween movies to enjoy every year. Definitely. Is, definitely. Okay. Yeah. Anna Kay, do you have a favorite Halloween or scary movie that you uh, like to enjoy uh, every Halloween season? Uh, I don't think I have a tradition, really. Um, okay. I used to. I'm not big into scary movies, unfortunately. But I okay. do enjoy things like maybe like Resident Evil. That's enjoyable. I did. Could it, yeah. Can it still be in the genre of that? You know, scary yeah. thriller. No, you're right. It's not horror. I mean, it could be a little bit. I mean, well, you know, it's kind of like supernatural zombies. and zombies. The yeah. most scariest movie that I, I love and hate is It, actually. Love but, and hate it. Oh. Wow. Well, love okay. because, because it, of Pennywise. It, it, well, original one is is the masterpiece if you think about it. You know. It was Are we talking so about the scary. 80s version, yes? Yeah, the yeah, 90s they, version. Uh, I would right, say probably temporary. 80s. Uh, yeah. Because it was yeah, so it scary was. and just well made for the time, you know, uh, that it left such a big impression, not just on me, but on so many other kids. If you ask them, you know, what is the scariest movie you've ever seen? It is definitely on their list, you know? Right. And I think Alien and Aliens would be also on those lists as well. Because I remember watching it through my fingers like this. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> those but are good choices. It was 1990. 1990, so right after the 80s. Right, yeah, yeah. Right on the, the cusp. Still honorary, right, honorary 80s. It's still honorary 80s, yeah, okay. I mean, yeah. <laughs> it's probably filmed in 89, so I mean, it's probably 80s, I guess. Exactly, there you go. Yeah, that's right. How about you, Big Paul? Uh, Officer Darth Paul Wallace. I don't, let's see, I'm trying to think. I mean, there's a bunch of uh, different horror movies. Um, I, I would say some obscure ones, maybe. Like, there's a movie called Creature. It was kind of like a ripoff of Alien, but it, had, it was, like, more dark. Okay. I remember as a kid just being scared. Like, I mean, it had a lot of jump scares and stuff that you wouldn't expect in it. Those jump scares are, are very much needed in any good horror or thriller film. So, it has a lot of jump scares. Some um, Halloween. Good. It's hit or miss, but that is, uh, I mean, the last one. Well, that's the thing. The thing about watching a Halloween movie, once you know where the jump scares are, the, the rewatch is not as... Yeah, not as good. Not as, yeah. So I, I don't have a traditional um, horror movie that I like to, to watch in every Halloween, um, but because of that fact, you know, um, I usually like to watch horror movies once, and I don't usually repeat them. Um, that being said, uh, my favorite horror genre, or at least lately, um, I, I think that the Conjuring universe is brilliant. One of the best um, horror franchises that's out today. And you tie that in with The Nun and Annabelle. It had crazy jump, jump, you know, jump moments. There was one thing, though, with the Annabelle. Does that make sense? Because the real Annabelle is like a Raggedy Ann doll, and they use some kind of weird doll for Annabelle. Right. Just, yeah. Well, they probably couldn't uh, license the Raggedy Ann doll. Mm-hmm. That could be it. And I think that that has more of a creepy, scary factor where you have the Halloweens, the, the Nightmare on Elm Streets. Um, you, you know these motherfuckers are going to kill some people. So it's like, you know these moments are coming and it doesn't have that jump factor, that jump scare factor that that you expect yeah. from a Halloween franchise. So. It's, it yeah, has more of that slow suspense uh, moving kind of feeling, I guess. Exactly. And you could yeah, follow the music they, as well. Sorry. They create their own um, doll. They can, you know, sell it. 
Uh, John Carpenter is great with the music. John Carpenter created most of the music for all the horror movies he's done. Oh, well, of course. I mean, you're talking about one of the, the greatest uh, in his uh, in his genre, no doubt. And the he fact that you're me. saying that he actually he actually scored his own music as well. Yeah, he did wow. all the music for every one of those movies. So composer and filmmaker both. Yes. Wow. Very interesting. That is super impressive, man. I think he's wow. also writer and director too, if I if I remember correctly. I mean, he so he's done it all. He's done it all. That that's that's freaking awesome. Well, those are our favorite uh, scary movies, guys. So let's talk about everything going on in the world of entertainment. So here we go. It is time for the Hollywood Report. That's hot. That's bananas. That's off the chain. I saw you bobbing your head there. <laughs> right. I love that song. Darth Paul was? No, I was. Anna Kay and, and Darth Paul. Oh, okay, okay. Right? Very good. Yeah, good Charlotte. All right. Um, who has seen Black Adam? Yes. I Chachi? Have. Yes? Oh, good, good. The number one movie at the box office. Not yet, at least. And apparently um, 12 straight weekends, the box office has been under 100 million, but finally it exceeded 100 million this past weekend with Black Adam, um, which is the third best non-summer weekend of the year um, since Thor Love and Thunder. And um, you know what? Critics panned it. Audiences loved it, guys. Um, and that's uh, how you know it's a good movie. That's how I guess you know it's a good movie. 90% on Rotten Tomatoes uh, for the audience. Roughly a 39% for critics. Uh, very polarizing um, scores there on Rotten Tomatoes. But people came out. People went to the theaters to watch Dwayne The Rock Johnson. First time ever as a superhero or anti-hero whatever you uh, want to call it but uh it was uh i i enjoyed it i really enjoyed the film man it had uh well, i could tell they, they wanted to, to reach into that marvel uh type humor to throw into a dc movie you know with some of the uh some of the characters like the um the brother of like the main woman you know kind of being like the comedic relief yeah um, he was funny yeah he was really funny um but uh, yeah, I enjoyed it. Um, you know, the special effects were fantastic. It was interesting seeing Rock play not a super charismatic charismatic character because he was very stoic, very uh, very yeah. serious. So it's something that we didn't see, you know, we haven't seen from the Rock yet. Uh, but obviously, the best part about Black Adam is the end credits, right? <laughs> Let's be serious. Oh, yeah. But but we'll get into the end credits shortly. Really quick, uh, for those that saw it, any any uh. Any opinions? I think it was great. I mean, the thing is, if you get off like the agendas and stuff you want to push in your movies and just tell a story that people want to see, the fighting is good, everything was great on it. I mean, it's just, you just want to be entertained by movies. You don't want to be preached to at movies. That's what you need to do. Right. Yeah. Like, unlike Marvel tries to do all the time. Yes, Marvel's getting worse. Yeah. Well, Marvel's right, under right. the Disney umbrella, as you know. Exactly. Yeah. Chachi, your thoughts on Black Adam? I, mean, I definitely, well, African American Adam, I definitely enjoyed it. Um, I thought, it, you know, it it was enjoyable. Like, you know, it, it kept me entertained for, you know, two hours or whatever it was, you know. 
wasn't great. You know, it's nothing I never ever need to see again. But you know, okay. The Rock's always entertaining. Yeah, I always enjoy The Rock, um, and I especially enjoyed the end. Um, but yeah, I mean, the one one thing I thought as a criticism is, is this, you know, it was way too much action. Whereas this, you know, nonstop action, and it kind of like I like it better right. where you have more story, and then you have have action, you know, spread out throughout the movie. Um, in different places, you know, right. and that makes the action mean more than it says just nonstop action. That's kind of like what Fast and Furious does, where they just have like action nonstop, and after a while, mm. you just get like burned out from it. You're absolutely right. Yeah, I, I'm trying to remember a, a point in the movie where it got slow yeah, or, or had any kind of character uh, development, development. You know, um, <laughs> yeah, it, it didn't really have any of that. So, so does no. it stand on its own, or is it that the action scenes really make the movie? That's the question. Or if we take away the action scenes, is there a, a storyline? There's, there's not much. I mean, you get the origin there's story uh, yeah. of, of Black Adam. Barely. Um, barely, but you get it. Um, yeah. And how he, you know, eventually decides to team up with the Justice Society of America, which is Hawkman, Dr. Fate, um, and uh, Adam Smasher. Uh, to name a few. Um, by the way, my one of my childhood favorites was Doctor Fate, and I loved Pierce Brosnan's uh, portrayal he, of Doctor Fate. In oh, he film. was the best part of the movie. I thought he was fantastic, wasn't he? Yeah, wasn't he cool? Uh, just loved seeing that costume. It def- definitely um, put a smile on this kid's face. You know, the kid from back then that loved Doctor Fate and oh. Hawkman. Hawkman. Um, wow, he kind of stood toe to toe with. With Black Black Adam for a while, um, and uh, they definitely showed a, a, a more powerful Hawkman than 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 I I remember reading uh, you know in the in the comic book lore. Um, so that was really exciting to see, you know, um, the actor that played Hawkman, uh, Aldous Aldous Hodge uh, did a fantastic job, and um, yeah, overall a fantastic film, enjoyable. Um, was it the best? No. Was it the worst? Yeah, fantastic's no. a little bit. Yeah, that's a little much. But okay. Yeah. Enjoyable. Enjoyable is a good. Enjoyable. Enjoyable is a good review and, for that. I think. Entertaining. Yes. Entertaining. entertaining yes. Enjoyable. Yeah. yeah, you're right. You're right, Chachi. Fantastic is definitely giving it too much. Credit. But there's very little movies now that come out. You know, nowadays that you're gonna watch multiple times, which is pretty sad. Right. Because like, like back in the day, like I mean, I watched Facts well, and Nature a ton of times like pulp fiction you know in the 90s a ton of times i mean there's very few movies nowadays that you're going to sit there and just like you know watch it 10 times right you know like very few i mean i'm sure you know some of these idiots will watch uh, the Goonies and back to the future i mean you watch those multiple times i mean they were great stories yeah right right and you don't get that much anymore like you don't don't get like you know and i know we have so much entertainment now you know more now than ever Right. That it's going to make it harder for someone to you're going to have multiple watches, but you know, I just don't think that you have the talent in writing. I mean, I think people are just trying to, as I said, they just don't think things through. They just want to push the thing that was popular through, and that's it. Yeah. 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 Well, yeah. I mean, there's very few movies now I watch multiple times, and they're usually the more low budget movies. Yeah. 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 And I think as far as superhero genre specifically, the only one I watch multiple times uh, is Avengers. Last Spider Man. Um, yeah. Last Spider Man. I didn't even watch that multiple times, although I wanted to. I wanted to see. I, I wanted to see the. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I wanted to see the extended version. What um, about Deadpool? Okay. Deadpool. Deadpool had a great rewatch call, uh, quality as yeah. well. Yeah. That, 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 I like the jokes. 
<laughs> the jokes are fantastic. All right, the end credits of Black Adam. Why are we excited? Because Henry Cavill was in the end credits uh, confronting Black Adam, and it was a mid-credit scene. There was no post-credit scene, so those that waited in the theater didn't really have to. Uh, it was mid-credits. Um, but how exciting what was it? Uh, we already kind of knew that, but Henry Cavill himself wanted to wait till after the first weekend of Black Adam to make the announcement on his Instagram. Uh, which he said, a very small taste of what's to come, my friends. The dawn of hope renewed. Thank you for your patience. It will be rewarded. Um, and yes, um, he will be um, reprising his role. Henry Cavill will be reprising his role as the Man of Steel. Um, and uh, apparently also has a cameo in the upcoming Shazam sequel as well. And um, I mean, it's not just also... a Superman stuntman guy. <laughs> What's that? <laughs> it's a Superman stuntman guy who came in at the end of the movie as a cameo. Oh right, yeah, that was the that was the case for Shazam, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I guess they didn't have the budget to bring in uh, Henry Cavill for his uh, day rate. Well, I, I don't think I don't think he wanted to do it. That's why. Right. Yeah, you're they asked him right, to. Yeah. He turned it down. Yeah. Right, and I think it was still in the negotiations to be the the Superman of the DC EU. Um, so expect a Man of Steel sequel. Um, I'm so, happy. Yeah. I'm happy to sign this. I don't, I don't think that he was going to stick with it, um, honestly. I think they actually talked him into it. I think he right. wanted to do other things, but I think he's the perfect Superman. And oh, God, they, yeah. They wouldn't find anyone better, and you know, they probably would end up choosing like Snoop Dogg or somebody. If, um, <laughs> <laughs> well, I heard yeah, they were so, looking at Michael B. Jordan, which doesn't make sense. Michael either. B. I mean, Jordan, well, it was going to be... Yeah. Um, uh, you know, a what if storyline for that one, yeah. But uh, it's gonna be the, I think, it's gonna be a, a what the fuck storyline. I it's, think. Yeah. Well, J.J. Abrams, I think, was gonna produce that one, but we haven't heard any updates on that one yet. Uh, so yes. Uh, big news with DCUU, even bigger than um, Henry Cavill returning as Super, which I think is pretty big. But now we have a Kevin Feige figurehead for DC. And it's none other than Guardians of the Galaxy's director James Gunn and the con um, and producer Peter Safran. They've been um, appointed the new roles as co-chairman and chief executive officers of DC Studios, overseeing the overall creative direction of the DC universe across film, TV, animation under a single banner. <laughs> um, so this is good news. It's better late than never, huh? Um, it's better late than never. And you know what? Um, he, James Gunn did a fantastic job with Suicide Squad. It is. And even though he's 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 a part of the Marvel Universe, too, with the Guardians of Galaxy, I guess I'm guessing that might be his... He's on now, isn't he? I thought, yeah. I he was After his third film, yeah, I think he, he, he's going to focus on DC, but uh, which we'll get into that a little bit in the Marvel stuff. But... Uh, but yeah, yeah, I think this is great news. That they um, their positions will be effective on November first, so they will be uh, overseeing everything. Um, yeah, starting the first of November, and uh, they're both honored to be stewards of these DC characters we've loved since we were children. Or to collaborating with the most talented writers, directors, and actors in the world to create an integrated, multi-layered universe that still allows for individual expression of the artists involved. So there you go. Um, great That's news. Yeah. Well, you know, I'm happy for DC. There's a lot of people who are Marvel fans who hate on DC nonstop. And I'm like, right. why? Like, you you want competition, you know? Otherwise, you're going to get the shit that, DC, that uh, Marvel wants to give you. 
you know, Leicester's competition, you know, especially if DC starts really hitting well. But, you know, I never understood this whole, like, you know, all or nothing. Like, you just want, you're all, you're all Marvel and no DC. Like, I, I don't understand that, you know, especially yeah. if you like comic books. Exactly. Very, very well said. Well, uh, let's segue into Marvel. Um, yes, uh, the Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania trailer just dropped, and I gotta admit, guys, it was awesome. It was awesome, guys. Um, we have Paul Rudd returning as Scott Lang, Evangeline Lilly as Hope Van Dyne, Hank Pym is played by Michael Douglas, and Michelle Pfeiffer is portraying Van, uh, Janet Van Dyne. But we have Catherine Newton, who you uh, might have loved from the Freaky movie, Chachi, uh, with uh, Vince Vaughn. Maybe you're a fan of hers. Uh, she's going. Oh, be... she was the um. She's the main the main, main girl? star. Yeah. Yeah, she's hot. Yeah. She's hot. She's, she's going to be playing um, Paul Rudd's daughter, uh, Scott Lang's daughter, Cassie, who in another recast. So she's been ca- recast three times. I don't, you know, I I don't see why they couldn't use the the actress they that they. Yeah, um, I don't I don't get that either. But they, I think they want to capitalize on on her stardom, on on Catherine's stardom. Um, because yeah, she's kind of like a star on the rise, whereas the previous actress that portrayed Cassie, um, isn't you know doesn't have the 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 credits that that Catherine has. That's the only thing I can think of. I mean, since Avengers Endgame, the the actress that portrayed Cassie had had aged you know uh, appropriately to, to you know. So I don't know, but um, also in the trailer, uh, a Ghostbuster, OG Ghostbuster, Bill Murray. Um, nice. Is going to be appearing in uh, in the Ant Man and the Wasp movie too. Did anyone get a chance to catch the trailer? Anybody pretty? Uh, I, I didn't for see it? it yet, but I mean, I'll have to check it out. Yeah. Yeah, it sounds uh, very exciting. It's the way super exciting. It. Super exciting, guys. Opens. Yeah, it seems uh, like again. Bill Murray is weathering the storm. Yeah, and, you know, they're, people, they're trying to cancel. He's yeah, yeah. He's been. Uh, I don't know. I guess he it was he was un, he was not canceled successfully. Uh, otherwise, I'm sure they would have edited his scene out of the film, right? Yeah. Uh, and and the uh, trailer for that matter. Um, yeah, I think for Bill Murray, he's, he's got to do something like he's got to like kill a man or or actually kill a woman or something like to get canceled. Jesus, wow, that's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, well, I mean, he's pretty he's pretty well loved. You know what I mean? That's what I'm saying. Like, so yeah, just the allegedly of you know. Climbing on top of a woman on a bed, you know, as, as a joke. Well, but then again, Alec Baldwin, I mean, he's back filming again. So it's like, guess you can't cancel. <laughs> and he did kill yeah. somebody. <laughs> he did. He literally killed somebody. Yes. Office, arrest him, Officer Paul. <laughs> <laughs> I'm joking. So Rihanna's going to have a song for the new um, Black Panther Wakanda Forever movie. Um uh, and this Friday, uh, the 28th, she will release the single Lift Me Up. So that will be featured into in uh, that film um, as she kind of took a little hiatus from, from uh, music for a while. Um, but, uh, yeah, she's got a new single that will be featured in the movie. And, you know, I wasn't sure whether to talk about this one. I didn't want to give. Well, uh, well I, heard, I heard the movie already has um, 120% around Tomatoes. 120%? Yeah. <laughs> no way. Yeah, yeah, it's it's, it's pretty. <laughs> <laughs> I'm making fun of it because like when the first one came out, Black Panther had 100% for a while, right? Uh-huh. And like, it's the only Marvel movie that came close to getting 100%, even though Black Panther was nowhere near 
the best Marvel movie that ever came out. But yeah, all the critics were too afraid to give it anything less than 100% for being called racist. And it's true because the first person who gave it a negative score, uh, the first critic got got slammed on Twitter and got called racist and it got attacked um, nonstop after that. Well, I, think will... it, I think after that happened, I think some some other critics started giving it like negative reviews and it went down a little bit from 100 percent but i mean it, it was nowhere near 100 percent type of movie that's a slippery and, and, you know no, and, no, like, it wasn't it wasn't in the best marvel movie that year even but right but the way that people freaked out especially the critics i mean they, they, they didn't want any kind of heat for not giving it tremendous reviews i mean it had its had its good um parts of it but right you know exactly. far from far from the best marvel movie i thought oh i think it's yeah. like that rose movie like 100 percent, and everybody else hated it which movie the bros movie. Oh, the bros like, yeah, movie. Yeah. That's another example too. Um, yeah, but yeah, you know, I think movies where critics don't want the heat, so they're going to say like, "Oh, this is wonderful," even if they yeah. don't really so, believe it. So the, uh, that's why you should go by audience scores because there's no agenda with the audience. Usually, right. yeah. I mean, sometimes yeah. the audience are, are idiots. I mean, like they're going to give an audience going to give like they're going to give like a Marvel. Well, Fast and Furious is going to be through the roof. You know that, right? Right. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Well, this yeah, is an and the audience score is going to give um you know the Marvel movie good no matter what because they're like Marvel marks. Doesn't yeah, mean Marvel, that it's good. Well, they are Marvel marks, yeah. So this is interesting about, uh, speaking of Black Panther guys, I sent you this article, Chachi. Apparently the social media influencers, <laughs> well, I won't <laughs> mention their name because I give them the publicity, but apparently um, he is urging his followers, and he's got thousands of followers, for uh, white people to not see Black Panther opening weekend. Boy, that's going to do wonders for the box office, isn't it? Right. So here's his reason. He says, for all the wimpy accomplices and white allies, in quotes, um, <laughs> if you really want to prove to black people that you love us and you care about us and you're down for the cause, do not go see Black Panther opening weekend. The, the influencer urges for white people to buy your ticket, but give it to a black person or a black family who can't afford to go. And then you go see yeah, the theater in the front. Yeah, you know what? Nope. That, that sounds familiar. Do you remember Charlie's Angels, where the director said, if you're a man, do not watch this movie? And they bombed. Oh, wow. Exactly and it bombed, right? It bombed because it she bombed. said, if you're a man, this movie is not for you. Do not watch it. And right. no one went out and watched it. Was and it the, bombed. Was that the reboot with Kristen Stewart? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that one that did bomb, right? Yeah. Well, I mean, that's the same thing that happened with Bros. They were saying that it, it's not for yeah. um, straight people, and then straight they because no straight people went to see it. But it bombed at the box office. Yeah, you don't. This is not the way to do it. Well, um, who who was saying? What influencer was saying this? I mean, was was this a well, white person or black person? I didn't want to. Um. Well, the. But don't say their the, name. But. Well, I'm not gonna say their name, but um, you said if you love us and care about us, which leads me to believe the influencer. Oh, that's black okay. Person. Yeah. Yeah. Um, enough, I mean, it was a white person that wouldn't surprise me because there was actually, I remember when the first one came out, there actually was on Twitter this white person. And it, was, and it was a serious account. They were saying, like, she was like, a white woman saying, when should I go see the new Black Panther movie? Because I don't want to go and suck all the black joy out of the theater from me being there. So, right. like, asking, like, you know, should she wait like a couple weeks to make sure that black people can enjoy it? Before really? some white person shows up, which is, you know, it's a that's horrible racist thing to say. Yeah, like, like, like black people can't enjoy a movie if a white person's there watching it with them. I mean, yeah, if anything, that sounds yeah. racist. Yeah, um, yeah exactly. Yeah. It's like um, a lot of these people who like never have been friends with a black person. Like, if I, 
you know, if I said to my black friends, hey, should I should I wait to go see um, the new Black Panther? Um, you know, that people see it first, they'd be like, what are you a fucking idiot? Like, exactly. you know, <laughs> yeah. you want to see a movie, go see a movie. Like, exactly. You know, like, like, and and this is like what kind of shit that white people do, because you never see a black person say like, oh, should I go see that um, new um, Halloween movie, or should I wait for all the white people to see it first before I go see it? No, like, I, they never say yeah. that. It's only kind of dumb shit that you know, you know, white right. people say. Right. And then they also continued. And then go sit in the theater, sit in that theater in front of the doors and make sure that every black person in that theater can enjoy the movie in peace. Well, well, you know what the funny thing is also? In front of the doors. Wait, 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 wait. What was that? In front of the doors. In front of the doors. Also make sure to use your body to block us from anybody who'd be coming in the theater to do us harm. That is your job. You can go see it on another weekend. (laughs) The white people? Yes. So so they want the white people to show up and pay and buy a ticket because you need a ticket. You need a ticket to get in front of the door, right? Yeah, you still need a ticket to get in the front of the door. Right. Yeah. And so and so the white person is going to sit there and, and block a door right. and make sure nobody goes inside and hurts the black people. Right. Who's going to come in there? Hurt? I mean, it, it's, people are just insane. People are it's insane. insane. Like, it's absolutely insane, yeah. and I don't want to talk about this one anymore because it's just yeah. like – it's. Well, it's just, politics-wise, did you, did you see the Fetterman-Oz uh, debate the other day? I feel bad for Fetterman. Don't get me wrong. I mean, he had a stroke where he should not be running for office. But he already has they, they already have 600,000 votes then. And, you know, they voted for him before they watched that. So it's like so a guy who has issues is has 600,000 votes problem. Right. Before well, the debate and see how bad he was. Well, the political show is a different podcast, so we won't. Well, we won't I'm just saying I'm just saying I, like that. People think that way because <laughs> he has a D-next <laughs> vote for him, even though he can't pronounce yeah. sentences. Because he just suffered a major stroke. That, that makes sense. But it's fine. I mean, it's fine. I, I, won't, I won't go see. I won't go see Wakanda Forever the first weekend, and I probably won't see it the second or third or fourth weekend either. So, uh. you got your wish. <laughs> it is Marvel, like, man. You know, come on, man. You know, that's just ridiculous. All right. So moving on. <laughs> uh, what's coming up soon? A movie called The Sun. Um, which is a follow-up to Florian Zeller's Oscar-winning drama, The Father. Remember The Father from a couple of years right. ago? The, the... And if you're if you're a daughter, I don't <laughs> want you to go seeing this movie. <laughs> yes, exactly. You better wait three or four weeks. And I want and then, you, if you're of age, to stay out front of the doors and right. and, and flash flash um, when, when oh, the men are walking in. God, wow, Chachi, <laughs> right. that's crazy. You know, that's that's my stand. If you want to help oh, the my. sons. The Sons of the World. I calendar, okay? Yes, The yeah. Sons of the World to see this movie. That's I'll tell you. When does it, it come out again? Uh, you know? Well, are we talking? <laughs> are we talking about Black Panther? No, The Sun. Oh, The, the sun. sun. So The Sun, uh, yeah, That Sun comes out uh, December 16th. Well, select theaters November 25th, Ooh. nationwide on December 16th. Okay. The trailer looks great. Right, I mean, well, it's sun's warm. out, buns out. <laughs> it's different <laughs> <laughs> movie there. Yeah, that's yeah. a good one. Yeah, show uh, your well, ass. Daughters, legally aged daughters. Please reiterate. Please re- yeah. reiterate, reiterate that one. Um, or watch Anna in uh, HBO's vinyls. Uh, anyways. Um, <laughs> so this is stars. This movie stars Wolverine, Hugh Jackman, and Laura Dern from Jurassic World, um, who uh, who are divorced parents. To Nicholas, um, and once a relatively happy kid, Nicholas is now an angry, closed off, and has been missing for 
from school for months. Um, so I guess it's a search for the missing son. Um, and uh, yeah, it's uh, a, yeah, it seems like a very powerful family drama. To, to, to check it's out. hard to watch, to be honest. I mean, they're usually yeah. pretty great, but not an easy watch. Not an easy watch, but uh, well, you won't be watching it anyways. At least not the first few weeks. Definitely yeah. not. <laughs> you're our daughter, so no, yeah, you'll, yeah. Be at the, you'll be at the door. <laughs> <laughs> I will be ready. Thank All you. right, Thank you. Star Wars news, Star Wars movie news. Damon Kirby. Lindelof, co-creator of Lost and the Leftovers, is working on a new Star Wars feature mm. film. Jesus. It's crazy. We heard Taika Waititi, then we heard about Ryan Johnson's new trilogy. Oh, um, now. But now, yeah, I know, right? But now we're hearing about another one that's going to be directed by Miss Marvel director Charmaine Obeyed Chinoy. Oh, thank God. <laughs> I, knew <something laughs> I knew something was coming. And Justin Britt Gibson will co co write uh, this, the script. Um, and apparently, um, so as far as like what, what, what can we expect from this one? Well, Supposedly, they uh, want this to be in the future timeline of the sequel trilogy. Wow, so, that's even worse. Is that even worse? Okay. Worse. Um, you know what? I think I'm a Star Trek fan now. I'm just going to watch a Quentin Tarantino. <laughs> Star Trek movie. Uh, at least Quentin Tarantino is going to be entertaining with Star Trek. Right. <laughs> I don't think so it's going to Star Trek what anymore. The storyline is, not, but the new. Oh, man, that's disappointing. Yeah, could you imagine? New... They, uh, Quentin Tarantino Star Trek, I think that would be an awesome movie. I mean, either the Star Wars or Star Trek, I think would be fantastic. But uh, I, no, because I mean, Kathleen Kennedy's gonna like just neuter his Star Wars. So it's like I just want him to do Star Trek. I mean, it's yeah, already written. Yo, Samuel L. Jackson playing Spock. You know. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a motherfucking Vulcan. <laughs> Don't. Well, yeah, that's that. My. <laughs> that would be great. Um, Falcon A. <laughs> yeah. uh, so. Uh, it's unclear what the new storyline of the Star Wars movie is, but the new project involves some characters from the sequel trilogy. And of course, Oscar Isaac's Poe uh, could be a safe bet. Um, oh, thank God. That'd make it even better. That'll make it even but, better. I, can you wait, wait. They put... make a couple with Finn. Is that going to happen in this movie too? Well, I think he Finn already said he's done with Star Wars. So no, if uh, anyone, can you please put he, he can you please put Rose in there too, so I can just, you want Rose just never watch well. it. So I can just never watch it and like never have a reason to watch it, please. All right. But <laughs> like, yes, it would take place after the events of Star Wars: The Rise of Skywalker. story. <laughs> the Rise of Tico. <laughs> and you said Rose Tico. The, the Rise of Rose Tico. like that? The Rise of Rose Tico. Oh, thank God. So, but She's you're saying people, you're saying people don't know the storyline yet. Well, they don't know. The, they think that the time, they don't know this plot line or character plot line. Well, okay. Well, but it will, the guy, events will take after the rise. If of the Skywalker. creator of Lost is doing it, you're never going to know that know the plot lines for this like, movie. <laughs> yeah, no, the ending. Like, like don't attach the, the creator of Lost to anything Star Wars because I'm not going to watch it. Like, I I got burned. I watched what, was it eight seasons of that damn show. Right. And the whole time he's like. We're gonna tell you all the answers. We're telling we know what's going on. We're gonna tell you all the answers. And and the end came, and they told us like almost like no answers. I know. You know but you loved the, the show said, up until the last season, right? Yeah, yeah. The last yeah, season had so... this whole like parallel, like this whole side side uh, timeline. I know. I mean, no sense. And then it, you know. Well, there's also the, the leftovers. Purgatory. The leftovers had a very good. Um, that was very well reviewed as well. So. 
don't know. I don't know. Like, but anyway, um, you, you don't need 14 different Star Wars, you know, <laughs> trilogies and movies come. It's enough with it. You know, just, yeah. just what happened one. with George Lucas? Why is George Lucas not writing another Star Wars movie? Or why are they not using his ideas? Yeah, yeah that's a good question. But, uh, you know, I guess he's really, really just ready to move on to retirement. Although he did consult on The Mandalorian and Book of Boba Fett, though. Well, it's he funny because they were like the, he was a consultant. the two best ones that came out of um, <laughs> Disney. Or was was Obi Wan and the Book of Boba Fett, right? No, oh, not no, Obi Wan. Mandalorian and the Book of Mandalorian. Boba Fett. Yeah. Right. Right. Um, she, she Holds. I mean, especially okay, but Not from the obviously Star Wars. I love. I love She Hulk. How do you love She Hulk? I loved. It was funny. I I laughed. I, I enjoyed it really much. I I liked it. I, you know. Yeah. I didn't think, it, I didn't think it was that woke. Some people people thought it was woke, but I didn't think it was that woke. Guys wanted to see. <laughs> it was fun. They don't care about, too. They just she Hulk smash. That's what they want. She was saying like I smashed Daredevil, ha ha. You know, like it was funny. You know, uh, <laughs> she, and she her slept with she slept with a blind man, so she's an equal opportunity lover. You know, you got to thank She Hulk for that. Was her twerking funny? That was cute. That was alright. Okay, no, like I it? left the town. I said, who cares? I, I didn't watch the show. I, I saw clips. Of different <laughs> she places, was twerking. Yeah. Yeah. She's you know Tatiana Maslany is is cool. My, she um, is super talented. You know, you yeah. know what? I liked her more. She did great in Orphan Black, but did not like She Hulk at all. She didn't like She Hulk at all. Well, you know what? We we got Daredevil. <laughs> you know, we got Daredevil to return to the MCU and to yeah, appease the, the Marvel fans. That Daredevil sucked. <laughs> He's wearing um, a yellow outfit again. Nobody wants Daredevil in a yellow outfit. They want him in the oh, red outfit. It's cool. It's different, man. What's wrong with the yellow outfit, it's man? Like he's wearing a jar of mustard on it. Ah, it's okay. <laughs> yeah, I'm completely okay with that. Well, that I I was gonna talk about Disney Plus a little later, but I guess I I don't want to skip it. Well, let's just finish a movie and we'll go back to Disney Plus. So okay, all right. So Elijah Wood is returning to New Zealand, not for Lord of the Rings, but for a family adventure comedy directed by Ant Timpson, and he's playing a. Can you believe Elijah Wood is at the age now he's playing a father to a twelve year old? Kind of wow. blows my mind. That's time goes by uh, so quickly. Yeah. Yeah, he so uh, it's uh, so Elijah Wood plays um, Strawn Wise, um, who um, looks after his 12 year old daughter Mildred. Her life is turned upside down when her mother lands in the hospital, and apparently, Strawn takes Mildred, Mildred camping in New Zealand and embark on an ultimate test of family bonding. To find the mythological beast known as the Canterbury Panther. So there you go. Um, another big adventure go. in New Zealand where Elijah Wood is is now a dad. Um, so um, and he spent a significant time filming Lord of the Rings. Lord of the Rings in New yeah. Zealand. So it's kind of like in New the Zealand's... movie I was on Last Witch Hunter. Last uh, he was on the Last Witch Hunter. Yes, yes, that's true. Him um, and his cigarette. He liked to smoke a lot. Elijah is a big smoker, huh? A lot of those Brits are, man. Yeah. A lot of Brits love their cigarettes. I don't know why. It's a law, um, I think. Is it what they law? call cigarettes? What they call cigarettes over there? Oh, it, it, well, in America, well, in America, it's an offensive <laughs> word for gay people. So I can't repeat <laughs> what? it. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, 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 I'm not, I'm not oh, saying in America. I know, I know, I know. I'm not saying in America. I'm saying what they call it. Yeah. What do they well, call it over saying, there in England? I'm saying. That's why I can't repeat it. Because it starts with an F. Yeah, that's you know exactly what yeah. it is. Yes. What Chucky, if you say it in the Chucky you say it in, trick in, a, in a British <laughs> accent? It's okay. Yeah, in a British accent. If I yeah. say it in British accent, it's okay if I can bum a 
out off of you. <laughs> <laughs> I still would do. All right. Um, All right, talk right. About, <laughs> about the Saw news, Saw movie news that, um, yes, that's yes, right. Yes. Token Bell will be returning. Who was the the main baddie in the first eight movies? He wasn't involved in the ninth film, Spiral, which focused on the copycat killer. Yeah, but um, but, isn't me? Yeah, no, no, he wasn't. He wasn't in. The, I don't think he was in the um. He wasn't in all eight movies. Movies was he? Yeah, but it had dead flashbacks to him. That's what it Fla- was. a lot of flashbacks. flashbacks. Oh, okay, yeah. okay. Yeah, but he's returning you, know, you know him dying. Way. Him dying early on in this in the Saw franchise. I think they regret it like every day in their life that they killed him yeah. off so early. Yeah, because they probably thought, "Well, we'll just do a few of these movies. That's it." They didn't think they're going to do like nine of them. They didn't ten think of them now. Like, yeah. yeah, I didn't realize we were up to what is it, eight now? This is the tenth movie. Tenth. Oh my. It doesn't have an official title. Yeah, well, it's going to be just like it's going to take place like you know back in, in a the warehouse day before he died. Apps yeah. I do like them though. Like if you had to, how we talked about the scarier movies yeah. earlier on, I would put Saw on the list. You know. Yeah, I mean, oh, it's yeah. not the yeah, horror yeah, genre, but it still has that feel to it. Because doesn't he have a ton of henchmen in that, those movies? I mean, the first one was great. The first one yeah. was was groundbreaking. But yeah. But if you guys like the movies, you got to go. I hope it's still there. But out in Vegas, they have a Saw escape room. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I wasn't with the And it's, it's one of the best. It's, it's, escape it's, it's the best part. escape room I've ever been in. Like, wow. it's, you really feel like. Because you pull up, you pull up to the um, facility, and like, cause you book it online, so you pull up, and it's just like a, it's like there's no sign or anything out front. It's just like an old building, and there's a guy, a security guard out front, and he's like, um, we're like, are we in the right place? And he has a clipboard, and he's like, what's your name? He's like, yeah, you're here for the, for the meatpacking um, um, plant tour, something Ooh. like that. And like, you go inside, and it's just like, there's meat displays and stuff set up, and like. There's an actress that comes out and she's like saying like, all right, here, sign your waiver for the um, tour of the plant and this kind of stuff. And it's all like done in character. And, and, you, and you go inside through this locker room and then you go into another room. And, like, you know, and while you go through these rooms, all of a sudden, like, you know, the, I don't, I don't know if the lights turn out or something like that. And you hear like Jigsaw's voice come on um, the speakers. And then like he's saying like, you know, so you actually feel like you're in the movie and you, you go through the escape room to different rooms. And like, you know, there's different scenes from the movies you have to get through sounds and awesome. clues and everything it, it's an awesome awesome escape room it sounds out. like a live action um uh house uh haunting none of the, I mean, the the scary rooms that you do for halloween but through like your haunted room. house haunted I house that's it yeah yeah that like sounds really night. fun and With horrible escape room. <laughs> yeah 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 one time you, you know you'll, you'll see the little like um puppet guy come out on the tricycle and everything like it's, it's really super cool yeah all right uh wrapping up movies uh joaquin phoenix and rudy mara have two lead roles now they're a couple in real life um they're gonna be in powell palolowski's next feature called the island and it's a period thriller um scheduled to start shooting uh early next year and basically it's based on a true story about a couple in the 1930s who turned their back on civilization to build their own private paradise on a deserted island and live off the land. Apparently, uh, they encounter someone on a yacht uh, that turn, turns them into tabloid newspaper sensations. Right. Um, this is based on the Scott Johansson um, 
Ewan McGregor movie. They had a movie called yeah. uh, The Island. Yeah, right? yeah Island. there was one called The Island, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I don't think this is a... Yeah, not a remake. This is yeah, okay. not a remake or any or associated with that film at all. Yeah, hmm. interestingly enough, yeah. Pretty basic title, yeah. Yeah, it is a very basic title. I could see why the, the titles can can kind of uh, overlap on that one. Um, should have called, called it Fantasy Island, so there's no confusion with the movie. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one. That's a good one. Maybe get uh, a nice look, cut and see me <laughs> on the island. Right. Uh, all right, back to the future news. Chachi, you sent me this one. Yeah. Um, which is not really news, but it's basically Michael J. Fox pitched a new idea for the Back to the Future franchise. And if they were, were to do the movie again, Michael J. Fox said they should do it with uh, a girl as Marty. Oh, There's something yeah, about it that yeah. connects with people on every level. I just yeah. feel yeah, we'll but come around is, again. That's going to be just like Ghostbusters. Uh, how did that turn out? The afterlife was fantastic. The one oh, with Melissa the McCarthy wasn't. The guys. Answer the call, yeah. Yeah. I mean, Michael J. Fox trying to kill me or something, like, yeah. what's he trying to do? Like, <laughs> I, now, mean, I know he's not doing well, and I don't know that that health-wise, has, yeah. has affected his reasoning or whatever. But luckily, yeah. the two Bobs, the creators of the um, franchise, have already said, no way, no no remakes, no sequels. Um, right. We don't, and you know, like, changing the gender or changing the skin color of your main character is not a new idea, even though they try to pretend that it is all the time. They're like, right. this is yeah. a new take. This is a new take on Back to the Future. Say, no, it's not. That we don't need. Well, why, why, did, why not use his daughter? His daughter would make sense. Yeah, but I don't even want that. I don't want Yeah. I don't want anything, any remakes, any sequels, nothing. But, Sometimes but stuff right. can just end. Well, I mean, the you thing can is enjoy that, stuff. You can love it, and it can, it can end, and that's well, it. No, need to pa- be... Paul, Paul brought up a valid point. Why no, could it, no, he didn't. Marty? Well, can it be a daughter of Marty? <laughs> no, and, instead and, of being know, a female version of Marty, that makes no sense at all. That's just dumb. Make it generational. The, take yeah. it from the Cobra yeah. Kai guys, you know, and just kind of yeah. like, like the like the Flash, you know. Like There's I mean, that same timeline. Honestly, if answer the call, like they were just like maybe like somebody's daughters. And they were the Ghostbusters was still in that universe. It probably wouldn't have been quite as bad. It would still was pretty bad, but it wouldn't have been as bad. Yeah. Instead of being like those guys never existed, these are real Ghostbusters. So screw it. You know what I mean? That's kind of what they said. But even more or less, it was just a middle figure to advance. Yeah, right. I mean, I'd, I'd rather. Okay, I think you're saying I'd rather have a continuation right. of a movie that makes sense than to have exactly. like a, a like complete reboot where it's like. Right somebody playing the same old character or whatever, but a different right. take on it or whatever. But I don't want any sequels or, or anything back to the future. Like like I said, stuff can just end. It's okay. Like like you can love stuff and doesn't need to be like, like we're glutton. We're like, we need more, we need more, we need more. Like no, like yeah. this is art. Like like you don't see any fucking Mona Lisa two hanging up in the art galleries. <laughs> you wanna know why? Because no, the first I mean, one was perfect. Mona Lisa you don't need, you know what? Yeah, Here's you don't need to be game. like what about like, here's, here's Mona Lisa as like a black man. You don't need that. You know, right. stuff can just end. It can be perfect yeah. as the way it is, and that's it. You know, like right. we don't need well, Goonies too. They keep because there's not there's no good ideas to, to make it. Series you know? now, yeah. Um, no, no, but what about yeah, Fast that, and Furious? Started as a street racing movie, and now they're like super spies going into outer space and Sierras. It's like that's how right. what happens with too many sequels. It's really right. It's really right. And Fast and Furious was it? never like a great movie in the first place. You know, exactly. it, was, it was enjoyable, but it wasn't mm-hmm. like. Yeah, but now it's completely off of what it was. Right. 
Okay, well let's 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 throw out a couple TV things before we get a classic cut break. Um, okay. So on HBO Max, we are still getting a Green Lantern TV series, but now it's going to focus on John Stewart, one of the DC's first black superheroes, and it's going to come from uh, executive producer Greg Berlanti. Um, I think initially they wanted to do a Green Lantern core as a, a big group of Green Lanterns, but I think they're just I think that's now. a better idea, to be honest with you. So uh, you have to... Wait, I thought. <clears throat> Yeah. Wait, who who is it now? John Stewart. John Stewart, John Stewart was um was Jewish. <laughs> That's a different oh, the John, John Stewart. The John Stewart show, right? <laughs> it's not him. All right. So uh, House of the Dragon is our favorite show. I will first of all, before I get into that, some really good news. Uh, in a way that George R. R. Martin has completed seventy-five percent of Winds of Winter. <laughs> oh, you know what? He, we're, he, we're done with that. He was on he was on the Stephen Colbert show, and uh, yeah, Stephen Colbert joked, "Oh, okay, you're seventy five percent. You started ten years ago, so another three years." <laughs> so yeah, he writes actually, as slow as I used to write for my um, papers in college. Ex- oh, dude, I was that's how slow I write. <laughs> procrastinating too, right? Right. Oh yeah, that that's definitely you just throwing in like bullshit sentences just to get you know to your. Um, the quota you have on the paper for how many lines right. you need or how many pages you need. Exactly. Um, and um, the ratings were killer. I mean, no doubt, literally and figuratively. Okay. Um, a lot better than Lord of the Rings because, I mean, Rings of Power. It's a low bar, though. For that book, is a low bar. He could just, like, shit yeah. on a piece of paper and it's going to be better than the uh, <laughs> you know final final season. Paper, you mean Rings of Power, because you could shit on a piece of paper and have a better season than Rings of Power, am I right? <laughs> I'm saying, like, he doesn't even try so hard for this book. I mean, anything's going to be better. Just well, horrible, don't make, guys. Don't make, don't make Bran the, um, the king, you know? Like, yeah. don't, don't do a heel turn on, um, yeah. <laughs> I just on the it dragon. The season finale House of Dragon brought in a big audience with HBO. 1.85 million viewers for the first air on HBO. And then um, 1.87 million average for the previous episodes. Um, and uh, apparently, um, yeah, apparently it's. Uh, God, how much? Such a yeah, I mean, how much did each episode cost out? And how much more viewers did they get than Rings of Power? Come on, why are you guys out to do like a whole thesis here on this? <laughs> <laughs> I can only talk about so much. But, anyways, okay. it was a rainy right, right, out. If you take the, the number of people in America and you divide it by 12 and you <laughs> multiply by their IQ, <laughs> figure out how many. <laughs> Damn. I did, I did have a master's degree, but I don't think I could do that. <laughs> Damn. All right. Um, <laughs> so, Paul, before we. Before we take a classic cut break, let's talk a little bit about the epic season finale of House of the Dragon, guys. Paul, what did you think? We're setting up for the big Targaryen Civil War. Um, and, uh, of course, uh, it sadly ended with the death of Lyceris. Um, The actor's okay. name is Elliot Greinholt. Uh, by the hand of Aemon's Dragon Vagar and Eamon is played by actor Ewan Mitchell. Yeah. Um it it was heartbreaking, man. It was heartbreaking. Um Lucerus had didn't wanted wanted nothing to do <laughs> with battle. Curious, and, to be honest with you. And and cost him his life. Yeah. Oh, I, I said I, I thought that 
I thought the Saracens would make it through the entire series, but I was wrong. Yeah. In fact, uh, this was following the source material that Lucerus um, was the kind of the catalyst that his death was the start of the Targaryen Civil War, where we're going to see the Dance of the Dragons uh, for season two. Um, as you know, there's like 17 dragons in the world of Westeros, at least in, in this this particular chapter of House of the Dragon, where in compared to the, the Game of Thrones, which only had three, you know, three dragons, which were all owned by Daenerys, they became more like a, an endangered species by the time a Game of Thrones dropped. But uh, man, what it was exciting, man! It was an exciting finale. Um, I mean, you can't go wrong with dragons, to be honest with you. <laughs> right, right. And also, it was called the Black Queen. Uh, mm. So, of course, uh, Rhaenyra is still staking claim to the Iron Throne. In fact, was brought a, a Viserys's King Viserys's crown, but. Over on King's Landing, we have Aegon already crowned the king of Westeros, right? So both are, are staking claim to the throne, with Rhaenyra being the oldest child of well, Viserys. I thought, wouldn't it be Rhaenyra that would be? The... If, if they would follow that, yes. But because allegedly stronger ties with the with with the bloodlines are indeed with Aegon because it's the high towers and it's the the Targaryens and it's the first son. Apparently, they give priority to the men uh, as the heirs to the Iron. Oh yeah, Crown. I guess I guess because I think it's like that in England too, isn't it? Exa yeah, exactly. So it's like uh, it, yeah, it's very com comparable to, to to what's going on in, in England in, in English yeah. monarchy. Um, but yeah, it was it was crazy. It was so emotional. We also saw, um, we also saw Rhaenyris, uh give a stillborn birth. Uh, sadly, lost a daughter and all that. Um, so that was really sad as well. Um, but uh, yeah, very emotional final episode. And I can't wait. I cannot wait for for season two. Oh yeah, be a ton of action in the next season. I mean, yes. Ton of action, tons of dragons, more death and suffering. Um, and uh, well, well, that's the thing. Like, I mean, in Game of Thrones, people waited forever for the dragons to come because that's right. like one of the key things in the, these stories, and it looks great. I mean, yeah, yeah. So, See, if uh, Lord of the Rings of Power had dragons, people would like it better, but it doesn't have dragons, so they're out of luck. Yep, there you go. Well, there you go. Uh, I I think um, I think that takes us to uh, the end of HBO talk and uh, the House of Dragon. We'll be discussing, um, of course. I mean, uh, do you think the season is going to. I mean, how many seasons do they have a plan for? They're going to do spinoffs uh, for different. Um, well, right now they they did green light um, season two of House of the Dragon. They also have a green lit um, a Jon Snow series, okay. which will be beyond the North. Um, you know, during his travels, so. Still, still more Game of Thrones uh, stuff to to talk about um, in the future. So, all right, Chachi, I guess it's a good time to take a classic cut break. So let's. It's been a while. Let's play my classic cut music. All right, here we go. Where are my dogs at? It is time for King Chachi's classic cuts. Holla at your boy. Chachi.
talk to you. That's right, it's Chachi in charge once again for Chachi's classic cut. Ask for it by name. Don't accept any cheap Im- imitations of the classic cut. There's only one Chachi's classic cut where each and every week that I'm here, I handpick a dusty cassette tape, dust it off, pop it in the um, the tape player. Sure. And play it or for your sound listening pleasure. from Transformers. Yeah, yeah, there you go. Um, and, you know, I do love the Halloween season. I have a whole Halloween um, oh, yeah. playlist on my phone. You know, digital, of course. And <laughs> no, a, a lot of the Halloween songs, you know, they're scary songs, but they don't actually say the word Halloween. And I'm like, unlike Christmas songs, there's a million Christmas songs that say Christmas and Merry Christmas and all kind of stuff You're inside right, of it. Dude. But more. there's not many, more. right, but not many actually Halloween type of scary songs that actually say Halloween. But this one is actually called Halloween. And this is by a band called Susie and the Banshees. Yes. Which is also a, a cool like Halloween um, name for a band. Love, love Susie and the Banshees. Yeah, 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 they're great. And unfortunately, they broke up. You know, I was hoping to see a um, tour of them one day, but you know, they've been broken up since was it 2000 and what was it eight? Not you said? 1996. They, they stopped being active, but I think their last tour was in 2002. I think. Okay, 2002. Yeah, yeah. But this is from their album Juju, and it's, it's actually a great um, Halloween song. Because yeah, everybody plays Thriller, and like, Thriller is a Halloween song, but it doesn't even say Halloween or anything, you know. And right. Ghostbusters is the same way, but this is actually what about, a Halloween, this is Halloween song from Nightmare Before Christmas. We have yeah, a Halloween song, yeah. We played that one before, and of course, there's Ministries every day is Halloween, but right. And there's the Misfits have a Halloween song, but there you go. So, yeah. but it's still we'll rare. Be back. Right after. There's a song by by Aqua, Freaky Friday. There is a word Halloween in there. Oh, there you go. By Aqua. I might have to download that one. Oh, nice. Mm -hmm. Or add it to my playlist. All right. We'll be back right after the classic cut. All right. Enjoy. Well, that was Susie and the Banshees Halloween. Yes. Great, great choice for the classic cut, dude. And uh, got to say goodbye to Anna Kuchina, the Russian. Oh. Yeah. Not leave us tonight, but uh, happy Halloween. Um, Channeling her inner Olivia Newton John from Greece, right? Yes, yep. absolutely. From Greece. From Greece. You know what I'm, where, where I'm. Where can we see you next? Well, uh, I'm I know not you always sure got so, you, got on, you got back on set not too long ago. I did. I forget the name of the movie. But you know what? I wanted to correct myself. I mentioned earlier about the Halloween by Aqua, but it's actually the song is called Halloween. Oh, the song is actually called Halloween. By Aqua. It's uh, super awesome. Okay. I, I have to check so, it out. It's very lovely. It's right up my alley. That is up your alley. Mm-hmm. So I went to any, correct that. Are there any Barbie girls in the Halloween song? Like anybody dressing up as Barbie <laughs> or anything? Um, they could be. 
if you look awesome. uh, behind the the zombie, you know, that's walking behind you, that's about to eat your right. brains out. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, is, is the song kind of like pop-like, like how Barbie Girl is? It is bubblegum, but it has a little yeah. bit of a dark feel to it. Okay, I'm excited to try it out now. Halloween. It's, it's, it's nice. Okay. I love Add the whole that to album. The Add that to the playlist. All right, Anna, Anna K, the Russian, Ravishing Russian. Thank you so much yes. for joining us here on BTB. It was such a pleasure. I look forward to coming back and Aww. joining you guys below the mm, belt, Joe. Below the belt. below the belt anytime, Anna. <laughs> I will. Thank you, guys. Have a great <laughs> night and have a great interview. Yeah, you got to hear it first. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Don't right, play on the pun on the word. Yeah, I'll slip that in there real quick. <laughs> I slipped it in. I slipped it in, literally. <laughs> We could uh, drop the soap. I did. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Good night. Anyway, it's too dirty for this. Okay. Happy Halloween, night, everyone. Thank okay, you. Bye. All right. Bye. All right. Um, so our special guest for tonight is Dana Dute from Cobra Kai, stand-up comedian, podcaster, and we, we look forward to talking to him here on BTB. All right. Absolutely, yes. Yes. So we also have, um, well, anyways, before we do that, let's go ahead and throw out a couple more things. Over on Disney Plus, Bryce Dallas Howard, as you know, she's directed a couple episodes of The Mandalorian, if you didn't know, uh, took to Twitter to share a first look at her character in the upcoming Disney Plus series, Tales of the Jedi. So this is a anthology show based within the Star Wars franchise, and it's, you know, again, animated. And she's going to be playing Yaddle, the female Yoda that we saw in the Star Wars prequels. So we have that heard... baby Yoda, maybe. Is that the mother of baby Yoda? I don't know. I don't know. I mean, uh, it, it, I mean, it there's has... not many women for Yoda to like have a kid with. It's like, it seems like a lot logical choice, but they never, they never made it canon that baby Yoda was indeed the baby like uh, of Yoda and Yaddle. So, I mean, the fact that we're going to see Yaddle again is great because maybe, maybe Yaddle is indeed the mother of of, of uh, Grogu, right? I mean, timeline-wise, I guess it does make sense, you know. Yeah. But uh, it hasn't been proven yet. So, but you're going to see Bryce Dallas. So, you think that um, Grogu's the parents are? Well, I think Darth Paul, you you think it's Yoda and Yaddle's kid, don't you? I, I do, Yaddle. Yeah. Okay. I mean, how many other? Uh... Yoda species do you see? It's like it's two. a very valid point. How many of Yoda's species do you see? You're right. You're absolutely right. So, so you know that's cool. But what's more exciting is on Disney Plus they just dropped a trailer for the Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special set for release yes. on November 25th. Did you check out the trailer? I did. It was awesome. It was awesome. But it's not I mean, gonna be like a Star Wars holiday special, is it? It's gonna be a lot better because you have the original cast back. Zoe oh, so did the Star Wars uh, holiday special. Yeah, you have Chris Pratt, you have Dave Batista back as Drax and Pom Clemency back as Mantis. Even Kevin Bacon. Yes. Kevin Bacon is uh also awesome. in it. Yeah. Um and uh yeah, apparently um they go to Kevin Bacon's Hollywood Hills home. Which is decked out for uh, with Christmas decorations, and um, they break into his house. And uh, as you know, 
Kevin Bacon was in X-Men First Class, if you didn't know. So he yeah. kind of has a a Marvel tie-in there, right? But uh, yeah. uh, I think it's really cool. I, I You know, it's, a, it's something to feel good, you know, uh, special. And I'm sure the fans have been clamoring for Guardians of the Galaxy on screen again, even though it's not the third film, which you won't see till next year. But it is indeed a Christmas special. So, yeah, I mean, they're basically going to to Earth to snag the perfect Christmas present. Um, I love that. I love cheesy Christmas tie-ins. Yeah. They should have called it a Chris, the Christmas special because it's a Christmas episode or, um, or exactly. movie or whatever. Yeah, I mean, they said he wasn't feeling the Christmas spirit. He lost his love, Gamora following the events of Avengers Endgame, and so they want to, like, yeah. cheer him up, and so they, you know, they go to Earth to grab the perfect Christmas right. gift. Which... I understand not calling the Star Wars um, holiday special, Christmas special, because it wasn't about Christmas, and they right. wouldn't know what Christmas was. But right. this is obviously Christmas. But I don't yeah. care. It's, it's going to be cheesy. It's going to be it's gonna be fun. Like, it's going to be a lot of laughs, I think. Um, like, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it, too. Um, I'll drop a few more things and I'll try to follow up with Dan. Not sure what happened. Um, over on Netflix, um, the the School for Good and Evil, which is adopted from which is adapted from a best-selling book of the same name, directed by Paul Feig of that female Ghostbusters chachi, was was That's on top was on top of the Netflix tech top ten, seventy eight point eight three million hours viewed in its first week on the on the streamer wow. and it's uh star studded with carrie washington Charlize theron lawrence fishburne lawrence fishburne uh, michelle yo and newcomers sophie and caruso and sophia wiley uh, so check that out on netflix i actually watched it but uh i'm not gonna say it was bad but i did i did fall asleep on it. <laughs> <laughs> i gave it a shot that's man not, that's not it, a wasn't bad. it wasn't yeah. bad it wasn't bad it was okay. fun but I will go back and finish it just because I was tired, man. Um, Netflix also dropped a new trailer for 1899, an anticipated horror series from the makers of dark. Um, yeah, but the name is like the worst name ever because you think of like a Western type of show called 1899. Now you think of 1883 from Yellowstone, right? But this is 1899. Yeah. But you know, personally, I love the nineties. So I'm excited to see this because it's in 99, right? Yeah. 1899, yeah. that is. Still, it's still the 90s. Right. It's still the 90s. I'm yeah, I'm excited for it. So it's a new world with people who are running away from something and route they encounter a mysterious ship, the Prometheus, which had been missing for months, adrift on the open sea. And the things turn worse, take a turn for the worse when they board Prometheus. So um, definitely uh, worth checking out. Same Prometheus from the Alien movie? Not the same Prometheus from the Alien movie, no. Because that would make it really interesting there. <laughs> right. I'd, I'd watch that. That would be good. Yeah. Now, this is an interesting one, Chachi. You sent me about a limited series on Netflix called From Scratch, where Zoe Saldana is actually playing a college student. And Zoe Saldana is 44 years old. So how does that work? Right. Um, good for her. I know what right? It's pretty much like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah Gabby Contreras. Andrea Zuckerman. Right. Don't get me wrong. She's beautiful. And Zoe Saldana is in the Baltimore area shooting a Lioness for Taylor Sheridan's uh, newest show. Right. So um, if you're into college girls, don't get tricked by going after her if you're in the Baltimore area. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, 
I don't think surprised. it's I don't think there's much trickery. She's still hot. <laughs> you know? I mean, that's a good... <laughs> But you know, yeah. I, you're you're stretching a little bit of the, the the disbelief a little bit, you know, when you're casting a 44 year old as a college student. But uh, yeah, it'll be the same. I mean, she'll she'll just, you know, she gets up from her um, seat in college, she'll groan and make a bunch of noises. But it, you know, she'll still <laughs> really still be, experience. <laughs> it'll still be yeah, it'll still be believable. I think. Okay. Um, but yeah, it, you know, it's 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 um. It's got a bad back, series. but it's okay. It's, okay. it's uh <laughs> it's a romance. It's a you know romantic series and uh basically it begins as a swoony romance in its first episodes and then becomes a heart-trending story of loss and resilience by its last okay so check it out if you're a fan of the fallout video game uh we did mention here on btv that there will be a fallout tv series and they just released a first look um first look images not a trailer yet they're still shooting that in new york city as we speak but it's also the 25th anniversary of the video game but basically it's the two characters in the iconic fallout blue and yellow jumpsuits and they're both staring at a massive vault um door um so in the fallout world citizens sheltered in underground vaults to keep them safe from nuclear radiation so uh very, very Pete, cool. Pete Wentz in this one? It's Pete Wentz in this one? Yeah. Uh, well, well, I don't see him in the cast list, but Walton Goggins is in it. Ella oh, Purnell. Well, I, mean, I mean, he's in Fallout Boy. Yeah, Fallout Boy. <laughs> I get it. I get is it. Not, it. Is that based uh, on the group? That was a good one, no. Based on the t- uh, the uh, popular video game. Which is not part of the group. Which is not, not part based of on the group. Okay. All right. <laughs> Walton Goggins, Ella Purnell, Kyle McLaughlin, Zelia Mendez-Jones, and Aaron Moten. Okay. Um, and a Sausage Party TV series is coming to Prime Video. What? Thank God. It's, it's about time. It's about time. <laughs> Did anybody on, remember that movie? I mean. Based on the 2016 animated comedy and the original voice cast members, Seth Rogen, Kristen Wiig, Michael Cera, Edward Norton will return. Um also, Sam Richardson, Will Forte uh, have been also added to the cast. So there you go. Um, that is uh, happening over on Amazon. All right, moving on to Hulu and FX. Um, there's a new show called Interior Chinatown starring Jimmy O. Yang. Um, and it's from creator and executive producer Charles Yu. And also from producer Taika Watiti. It's based on an award-winning book. And the smoking hot Chloe Bennett just joined that cast. You might remember her from Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., yeah. And uh, Ronnie Cheng as well. And uh, basically follows um, Jimmy O. Yang's character um, trapped in a police procedural trying to find his way into a larger story. His journey uncovers secrets about a strange world he inhabits as well as family's buried history while waiting tables to dreaming about the world beyond Chinatown. He becomes witness to a crime, unraveling a criminal conspiracy in the city and taking stab at him, bodying a leading man. So that is one really interesting series. Uh, Jimmo Yang, a uh, really nice guy. I met him uh, at the Comedy Factory in Los Angeles. Um, sorry, the Hollywood Improv at, uh, at, uh, in Los Angeles. And uh, yeah, his career since then, since I saw his stand-up show, has really taken off. Also, an FX has greenlit. FX and Hulu are pretty much the same network now, it seems. But uh, Never Let Me Go is a drama series um, 
science fiction, adapted from a science fiction novel of the same name. Uh, the novel is by Kazuo Ishiguro, and it follows Athora, who's played by actress Viola Petaljohn, uh, a rebellious teenage clone who escapes from boarding school where she and her fellow clone classmates are kept hidden from society. She starts living undercover in the outside world. She you know, you know that sounds like, sounds like us. The movie Us with the movie Jordan, us. Jordan Peele's. Yeah. Were they clones or were they? Uh, I clones, guess they were yeah. clones, right? Yeah, they were clones. Yeah. yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, apparently it sets motions that will spark a revolution and test the boundaries of what it means to be human. Again, that's uh, that's what Peele's uh, Us was about. That's what it's about. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. Uh, let's see over on Peacock. Um, Ryan Johnson should stick to murder mysteries. Thank you. And he um, actually does a good job on those. He does a great job, and he's going to do another one. Not only is he doing the Knives Out sequel, uh, he's also going to be doing something called Poker Face. It's a 10 part murder mystery series on Peacock, and it's going to drop on January 26th. And Natasha Leone stars as a master of uncovering, hu uncovering human deception. Uh, and the first teaser trailer just dropped for Poker Face, and it yeah, looks really, really good. Uh, did that film in New York? I'm pretty sure I auditioned for that show. Did you audition for that show? Wow. Show. Because, I mean, I'm pretty sure it was in New York. Maybe it's a different show. Maybe well, if you just... did, I'm very impressed that you got called in. Wow. But it's got a heck of a cast. Um, guest stars include Adrian Brody, um, Benjamin Bratt, Michael Hall, Chloe Sauvigny. Uh, to name a few. Wow. Jam Jamila Jamil, Joseph Gordon-Levitt, Judith Light. These are all like guest stars. Wow. So I guess they're just a whole bunch of guest stars in 10 episodes. Um, Luis Guzman. Wow. He's in like everything, isn't he? Yes, isn't he? He's in the uh, the upcoming uh, Wednesday series on Netflix. Lil Rel Howery's in it. Ron Perlman's in it. Rhea Perlman's in it. Oh, wow. Holy smokes. Simon Helberg from Big Bang Theory. Happened. Stephanie Sue from yeah. Everything Everywhere All at Once. Um, Tim Meadows. Holy smokes. It's a lot. Well, we're going to skip Walking Dead talk because Chachi hasn't seen um, episode oh, 21, Outpost 22. There's only three more episodes left. Well, what did you. Well, don't tell me Wait, what there happened. Three in the whole series? Three episodes left for the rest of the series. Yeah. What well, did you I, think? Of I thought it was more than that. I thought it was going like after the break, after the Christmas break. No, just it, just eight episodes in this final third part. But then and again, they, they also have the spinoff Carol Daryl series. They have a spinoff Negan Maggie series. That's oh like, yeah. So they're just going to continue until they like, want the, Yeah, the ship will still continue to sail. To think. Uh, Rick, <laughs> the, uh, the, yeah, Rick Grimes and Michonne has their series. Um, Daryl has his spinoff, but Carol won't, won't be a part of at least the first season. She just announced she, she's not going to be going uh, to okay to Europe to to shoot that. And of course, Maggie and Negan. Wait which, a second, why is it filming in Europe? That that makes no sense whatsoever. It's supposed to take place in Georgia, or not Georgia, Virginia. Well, so so as you know, um, this is not spoiling the, the latest episode, but Rick you know, was been taken by the CRM and it's still a mystery as to where he goes. And my guess, yeah. this is my, my speculation, is that the three of them, the three groups will separate okay. to two, three different cities where CRM's located. 
in the search for Rick. Yeah, but how's Daryl going to get to Europe? There's no like transatlantic flights or anything. <laughs> My guess is the way you know, if, if you remember for that episode, Michonne jumped on a ship after getting clues that Rick was still alive, so she jumped on a boat. Um, realize how long that takes. That would be like years. <laughs> but I don't know. This is just the suspicious, like because I have to think of why are they going to three different locations after the series ends? It's like they're all three of them are looking for Rick. Daryl's yep. looking for Rick in Europe. Mag and Negan are looking for Rick in New York. And um, and then of course you got the the Rick Grimes. Actually, um, why would Negan want to find Rick anyway? Because wouldn't he want to like kill Rick? Because Rick like kind of ruined his whole life. Rick ruined whose life? Negan's. No, Negan, if anything, should be thanking Rick for not fucking killing him after he slit his throat. He let him live. What are you talking about? Yeah, but he slit his throat and he like took away his entire power. You would think Negan would not want to find the guy who did that and just kind of let it go. Like if somebody slit my throat <laughs> and like took all my people and all my like possessions yeah. from me, I don't think I would try to find them to be like, Thank you. I mean, it just doesn't make sense. Right. I mean, you have a point, uh, but uh, I mean, at least Daryl's friends with him. I mean, and Emma Jones is. Well, there has to be more motivation for for them to to go to New York, and um, now now Rick is is one reason. Another reason is that now, as you know, Negan has a wife and a child on the way. So that's another thing, as you'll see in the latest episode, Outpost. Negan does return in that episode. Um, you'll see what happens there, um, but we won't talk about it here because that's on AMC Plus. Even, the people that actually have just AMC haven't even seen this episode. Which oh well, then I haven't seen that episode. I saw the one on AMC. AMC, yeah, but AMC Plus is the, for the latest one. It's called Outpost Twenty Two. Get ahead of us. Yeah, um, but uh, yeah, man, it's crazy. It. it I don't know. I it, there's different motivating factors, and also why the f is Maggie and Negan together? Maggie, you know, Negan Maggie killed Maggie's kill Negan. husband, but they're teaming up. They're you know they're going off to New York for some reason. So there's a lot of un- unanswered questions. And for those with AMC Plus, we only have three episodes left. We don't know what happened to Oceanside yet. That's still a hanging thread. I have a feeling that's going to be revealed because Dan Flo- Fogler, who's been you know, absent the whole season, you know, he plays Luke, was credited on IMDb for episodes 22 and 24, and that's next week. Next week's episode is episode 22. So we don't know what's going on in Oceanside. We know that Luke's hanging out there. That's all we know. Um, <clears throat> so we're curious to see about that storyline as well. There's so many things that, so many questions that need answering. And we're, when are we going to see Variant Walkers again? You know, remember that episode a couple of weeks ago where they had Walkers that could climb fences and grab doorknobs, which we hadn't seen since season one. You know, that was pretty epic, you know, seeing uh, seeing the variant walkers come back, the fast-moving walkers, you know. So, um, But they should, variant, they should say, have some dude say, hey, look at all these zombies around here. It's like, <laughs> because, I mean, like, they, they still don't know what a zombie is, which just, I don't know. Oh, the, 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 the word doesn't exist in the Walking Dead universe. I know, but it just seems. Yeah. So, I don't know. We'll we'll see it all unfold in the next three uh, three weeks um, for uh, the much anticipated episode twenty four, the final episode, um, which is called Rest in Peace. That's the title of the episode, Rest in Peace. Kind of creepy, but actually, that's titled after the the um, 
Well, it can't be the last comic graphic, either. Cause... Graphic novel, I think it was the last. Well, you know, uh, you know the ending on the comic. Days. I mean, I, I, if nobody's read it, I mean, it's been out for years. It's like more or less Rick dies in the last uh, comic, but that's not going to happen because, I mean, uh, Carl is supposed to live, so that's not going to happen either. So, so it's completely yeah. different comics now. Yeah. All right. Um, let's see. Um, I'm not a Doctor Who fan. I know Ali Dash is a huge Doctor Who fan, but uh, they just you know announced what? Doctor Who is hit or miss. It depends on who the doctor. Hit or miss for you? Okay. They're like I mean, one, the last Doctor sucked, but the do- two Doctors ago was pretty good. But I mean, it's like I don't okay. know. It's just... Well, did you know that David Tennant? Um, I guess they just announced that he will be returning as the oh, 14th Doctor. Show. So. Initially, they said that he's just going to make a guest appearance on Doctor Who, but now they're saying he is the 14th Doctor. Well, then um, that's who it's on, because he actually did a good job. I mean, he should be the yeah. Doctor, and he's on the show, so put him in there. Yep, uh, but they announced Nakudi Gatwa from Section Education was going to be the next Doctor. However, he's going to be the 15th Doctor. Um, and although it is a little bit confusing... Um, you're going to have two Doctors? You, well, you're going to... He's coming back as the 14th Doctor, and they're reprising. And so uh, Catherine Tate and David Tennant will be coming back to reprise their roles for the 60th anniversary. And there will uh, be in three episodes it, set to air in it, November 2023. Had them all. Yeah. Um, so eventually, Nakuti Gatwa will take over as the Doctor, but that will be uh, later in 2023, and that will be considered the 15th Doctor. So there you go. Yeah. I mean, I'd rather David Tennant back, but that's just me. You'd rather see David Tennant? Well, David Tennant is back. No, yeah, but he's he's leaving again. He's, so he's, was, he's back as short as a short term. Yeah, he's back as a short term doctor. Yeah. yeah, I don't want him as a short term. He should be the full term doctor and just be like. <laughs> I think he's else. the first doctor to leave and then come back as an, another doctor. You know, I think he's the first one. Again, I'm not a huge Doctor Who fan, but. Uh, um, yeah, you know, they're changing things up now. It's in, you know, the I still watch it some like on public television back in the day, and they had like the old episodes. Like, yeah. Oh, they, they they from the 80s or whatever. They're the, the worst special effects and costumes. The worst. So I mean, just watch it Alex, to be but... funny. So that was before the reboot. Yeah, you watched the early ones. Reboot yeah. was good. Starting with uh, Eccleston, who played Destro on G.I. Joe. Yeah, he, he was the first doctor of the reboot, wasn't he? Eccleston? Yeah. Yep. And Billy Piper, I think, was the first uh, companion, I believe. Um, all right, so we have the nominations for the 2022 Gotham Awards, which is an exciting award show that takes place in I nominate Batman. New York. Yeah, it's not about Batman. It's about independent films with celebrities, of course, that are under <laughs> a certain budget. So if you're if the film's budget is above a certain amount, I think, I'm not sure what it is, maybe $10 million or so, then it's not. It doesn't qualify if it's over that budget. It's got to be under a ten million budget. Film. It should be like a million or less. I mean, that, that now if it's ten million, it's not an independent film anymore. Now it's a, it, well, it's just still an independent film because it's uh, it, the studios haven't. Uh, I know, uh, but still, it's just, I don't know. They shouldn't get. Yeah, I know what you mean. It, it, it should be a million dollars. There's varying degrees of independent film. I get it, but uh, the best feature film includes After Sun, The Cathedral. Dos Estaciones, which is two stations. Everything, everywhere, all at once, which I find hard to believe it's a low-budget indie because of the special effects. Oh, oh my God, right? It's a film, which isn't low-budget. Yeah. And the movie Tar, 
with Kate Blanchett. So those are the. Uh, um, what is that? That's, that's pronounced tired for people outside of Baltimore. Oh, tire. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, she's the, right. uh, about a female composer or uh, conductor. Um, why is she tired? Why is she tar? Just don't add speeches, then you offend people. Right. <laughs> uh, let's see. We had the Breakthrough Director Award, Charlotte Wells for After Sun, Owen Klein for Funny Pages, Elegance Bratton, The Inspection, uh, Anata Alamat Kasujanik. Oh my God, I'm totally butchering this name. For Marina, Beth Diarujo for Soft and Quiet, and Jane Shubrun for We're Going, We're All Going to the World's Fair. So that includes uh, all the breakthrough directors. Um, okay, lead actor in a lead performance, Kate Blanchett in Tar, <laughs> Danielle Deadweiler in Till, about the Emma Till uh, biopic. Dale Dickey, a, a love song. Colin Farrell in After Yang. Brennan Fraser in The Whale. Paul Mescal in After Sun. Then Dewey Newton in God's Country, formerly Dandy Newton. Now going back to her real name is Then Dewey Newton. Um, Arbor Plaza in Emily the Criminal. And Taylor Russell in Bones and All. And Michelle Yeoh, Everything Everywhere All at Once. Yeah, Till's uh, anti-Me Too movie. It's an anti-Me Too movie. Yes. Yeah, they won't market it that way, but... Yeah, you're right. That... If you think about it, he was just whistling at, at the girl or just... Uh... Yeah, right. If he ever did, like, I'm not even sure that even even happened. Um... Yeah. It's a complete... It's, it's, like, it's such a tragedy. I think she said that he grabbed her or something, too, but, but it but never he happened. Didn't. He never did. He never did. Yeah. Oh, it's so it's such a sad story, man. Well, you heard about yeah, Keanu. The, the about Keanu? But Keanu like won't even like put his arm around a girl. He has to like have it way behind her just because he doesn't want to get because yeah, yeah, yeah. he's he right? get accused for uh, yeah for inappropriate. Yeah, so he's, he's like paranoid of everything now so right. because of that. Yeah, the mom until she actually had an open casket. Um, yep. For the funeral, because she wanted everybody to see what was done to her son. And that's oh, yeah. actually a, a huge turning point for the civil rights movement. Yeah. Yep. And uh, I hope I'm hoping they don't show the cast. I guess they will show just to kind of add the effects, I guess, of the audience to see. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. How 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 horrible he was. So. Um, was okay. Outstanding performance in a film at the Gotham Awards include Jesse Buckley, Women Talking, Raul Castillo, The Inspection, Hong Chao, The Whale. Brian Tyree Henry in Causeway, Nina Haas in Tar, Nomi Merlant in Tar, Kihu Kwan, Data from Goonies, right? Oh, yeah. And Everything Everywhere All at Once, which is awesome. He hadn't acted in like 20 years, dude, you know, and it's like, or more. That's great. He comes back to acting and he gets nominated for an award. Pretty crazy. Uh, Mark Rylance in Bones and All, Gabriel Union, The Inspection, and. Ben was shot in Woman Talking. We also have the Breakthrough Performer Award. Uh, includes Anna Cobb. We're all going to the World's Fair. Frank Accorio, After Sun. Anna Diop and Nanny. Garcia Filipovic and Marina and Callie Rice in Catch the Fair One. So, 
So the Breakthrough series, which are shows under 40 minutes, include Abbott Elementary. As We See It, Mo, Rap Shit by Issa Rae. Somebody Somewhere. And then you have the Breakthrough series for longer than 40 minutes, uh, which includes Pachinko, Severance, Station Eleven, This Is Going to Hurt, and Yellow Jackets. I said this segment would fit into that category, I think. This segment mm. will fit into what category? Longer than 40 minutes. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I got it. I got it. All right, this is the last one. All right. All right last good. one. Best performance in a new series. All right. Bilal Bag and Sort of. Ayo Abadiri for The Bear. Janelle James, Abbott Elementary. Mina Kim, Pachinko. Matilda Lawler, Station Eleven. Britt Lower, Severance. Melanie Linsky and Yellow Jackets. Zon McLarnon, Dark Winds. Sue Ann Fine, As We See It. Ben Winshaw, This Is Going to Hurt. So that's the Gotham uh, nominees. Actually, Dark Winds was pretty good, too. I don't know if you saw it. I haven't seen any. Uh, I saw Station Eleven. That was excellent. But Dark Ones was pretty good. Oh, and I saw the um the pilot for Yellow Jackets. I've been wanting to finish that one, but I recently yeah, we, uh, got my we, my showtime back. So What'd I saw me interview who was on that show. I wish. No, yeah, go back to the archives. I'm sure we interviewed somebody on Yellow Jackets. Oh, you know what? We did. He was the principal. You're right. Oh, okay. Damn, man, you're right, Paul. Holy shit. That was actor to play the principal. Yeah, he was good. He did a good job. Yeah, he was fantastic. Um, Keenan Thompson will host the People's Choice Awards. So he did great with the uh the the um the Primetime Emmy Awards. So it'd be good to see him there. Um Yeah, I want to see Ricky Gervais host again, but I don't know if they're dude, gonna allow please, thank you. Ricky Gervais told it like it was, man. He was completely just very candid in his in his uh, stand up, and uh, he didn't give a fuck what other people he, thought. Man. Comedy is comedy is not like playing nice all the time. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, and he called out Harvey Weinstein before anyone else did. You yeah. know. Yeah. So we'll we'll get into Harvey in, in a second. So, uh, uh, celebrity gossip news. So uh, apparently Melissa Villasenor, um talked about why she left Saturday Night Live. She was one of the many cast members that left last season. A lot of it had to do with the pandemic because the pandemic, they weren't sure, you know, if work would be you know, coming back again. So they stayed an extra season on SNL. But apparently she was uh, apparently getting a lot of panic attacks. Um, and the consistent panic, panic attacks drove her to leave the show. And she said it was her uh, decision entirely she had, you know, the whole summer to think about it. And at the end of the day, it was about her mental health. And um, because she had a, a couple of panic attacks and she was always struggling, she felt like she was on the edge of a cliff every week. Um, so that is why uh, Melissa had left uh, the cast of Saturday Night Live. Um, but, but the thing is, I think if you deal with it, though, like if you just muscle your way through it, I think that'll make you better. But if you just kind of walk away, I think you're going to still get them. Yeah, that's a good point. But you're also I think doing... if she, she probably would have been better off than just walking away from it because I think she would have eventually like learned how to handle them and then she wouldn't get panic attacks anymore. Yeah, that's a good point. She said that she, it was super hard for her to leave. She said she loves the show. She loves Lone Michael. She's grateful for all of them. 
uh, the whole cast of SNL for for having her uh, on the cast, you know. And that's all she wanted to do as a as a kid was to to be on SNL. She was living her her dream. Yeah, as I said, man, she made a mistake leaving. I think she should have stayed if she she would have to she, just work. The reason it. and the main reason I think why she should have stayed is because you're you're you know after all the major players left, she would have had a chance to shine. Yeah, because, you know, because like Kate McKinnon, you know, one of the, and Aidy Bryant, you know, two of the top females, um, and not just you know the female act book is the character portraying characters, but yeah, Pete Davidson, you know. But you know, see, Saturday Night Live is missing so much. Though you have so much golden material with Joe Biden, but they won't use it. Joe Biden, like you, just, no, you don't Joe, even have to write stuff. You just have to do have somebody play Joe Biden. They, the, the the weekend update, I think, to send a link to Chachi. They they made fun of. Uh, Joe Biden, when he said, All right, I, got, I got two words for you, made in America, <laughs> which is clearly three words. <laughs> you make fun of him. He actually said that. <laughs> That's something he truly said. <laughs> made in America, three words. All right. He just got Canceled. lost on the White House lawn yesterday. It's yeah. like, I have a guy playing Joe Biden. I mean, I mean, Trump, I mean, I understand you don't like him, but I mean, it's like Joe Biden, there's so much funny skits you could do. Yep. All right. Uh, let's um, talk about some cancel culture stuff and the major uh, major celebrity getting canceled is Kanye West. <laughs> it's oh, karma, he's, he's man. He's multiple times and he just comes back. So it's like, you he, don't have to worry. Does he come back? Will he come back this time? So let's talk he, about some of the stuff. Social media network. How could you not come back? You have your own social media network. Well, you know, he's losing a lot of sponsors and a ton of money, Paul. And uh, Adidas is the latest. It doesn't matter to him. He could start as a, like, he lost Adidas' shoes. He can make his own shoes. He has that kind of money. Mm. Um, but yeah, so Adidas is the latest um, mm -hmm. to end its business relationship with Kanye after he made anti-Semitic statements and shared conspiracy theories on social media. Um, and uh, apparently this uh, will have a negative impact up to 246 million on the company's net income in 2022. Um, but they're willing to, to um, you know, forego, you know, that income, I guess. Just I mean, Kanye have a just partnership. Back. He just says whatever, and that's what gets him in trouble. So it's like he he needs to think about what he says, and right, I just he does that. So yeah, I mean, the people close to him are, are leaving too. I mean, you have um, say something like that's yeah. behind back. He's going to tell you what he's thinking at the time. So I mean, I kind of like that better than just saying something well, behind. Kanye West also opened up a school called the Donda Academy, right, in Simi Valley, California. And um, um, someone that worked for the Donda Academy, Tamar Andrews, who's also director of, um, of childhood education at the Temple of Zaya and the American Jewish University, also decided to resign from her position um, because, um, yeah, because of the anti-Semitic remarks that Kanye West made. And uh, I mean, that's completely understandable um, because she doesn't want to be associated with a school that is owned by Kanye West, who, you know, who's making those anti-Semitic marks, you know. Um, um, Did you ever say that about anti-Semitic stuff about Ben Shapiro and he only got suspended? 
and then let's not forget uh, Mel Gibson, who apparently somehow. Got well, Mel Gibson, yeah, well, Mel Gibson was drunk at the time too. So, but Mel Gibson does he he was out of line. Yeah. So, uh, but he's lost a lot, Kanye West. I mean, um, he's his agency dropped him, CAA. His lawyer Brown Rudnick dropped him. His uh, partnership with fashion giants such as Balenciaga and others, and of course Adidas, as we mentioned. Um, yeah. Um, it's yeah, definitely. Uh, you have to question Kanye's mental health. See, also well, the thing is with the anti-Semitic thing, though, a lot of people don't realize this. Like. I mean, not to be a racist. I'm not saying anything racist, but it's about, um, <laughs> yeah, and you wear a cop uniform. African so this is going to be interesting. This is going to be interesting. Not to be a racist, but <laughs> go ahead. No, but you're a cop. You're a cop. Keep that in mind. Okay, well, here's where Kanye was coming from. I think there's a lot of African Americans that believe they're descended from Jewish tribes, like the tribes of Israel, like the black Hebrew Israelites. I mean, that's that's what what's his name got in trouble for too. The guy who did um, uh, the guy who all the the other guy who got canceled um a while back. Okay. The Wild and Out guy. Because he Ken. thought he was, Nick Ken, yeah. Nick Ken. Yeah. yeah, they believe they're um like part of this black uh, Hebrew Israel like group. So they think of themselves as Jewish. So when he was saying it, he was saying it to. Other people that believe they're Jewish. Uh, it's it's a weird thing. I mean, I don't understand it myself, but I was just kind of like saying why he probably said it. I don't know. I don't want to speculate. That's the thing. There wasn't much explanation as to why he said what he said. But uh... yeah, I'm I'm pretty sure that that's what it was about. Because I mean, as I said, like I think right. he said. Then he said the P Diddy, and he probably because he thought P Diddy was like part of that group that thought he was. The black Hebrew Israelite, or maybe he thought he was, I don't know, it's some kind of weird thing that's in that community. I don't understand yeah. it. Myself. Well, some women are very all up in the arms of, of Taylor Swift, speaking of Kanye West, because of course they have a past, right? Taylor Swift and Kanye West, but Taylor Swift released a music video. Um, Kanye West. Yeah, for her new album called Midnights, and um, the, the, uh, the single is called Anti Hero. And in the video, Taylor Swift steps on a scale, which oh, immediately God, displays the world. It's it really? display, yeah, it displays the word word fat instead of showing an actual number. Mm -hmm. And um, apparently, a lot of women, um, you know, people are a lot of people are up in arms saying that that Taylor Swift is fat shaming. Um, How does well number one. How's Luckily, that being up in arms is, is exercise, so that's going to be helpful. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, that's going to be. Oh man. Oh gosh, why why get so offended? I mean, I, you are offended wow. by anything, and there's no way that you can not offend somebody nowadays. I mean, well, it's like the thing is that Taylor Swift is talks about her own personal struggles with with body image as well. Yeah, well, I mean, she wasn't she wasn't bashing fat people, right? When she was doing right. that, she was talking right. about herself. Yeah, right. she is. Cause, I mean, I've I've dated models. I mean, and they've like, they yeah, have like no body fat, but once they view themselves as fat, because like, they, they might get a little extra inch on their belly or something like that, and they figured it's fat, then they might throw. It's it's it is, it, it's body dysmorphia. 
And it's, it's true. It's just, I mean, that that people feel that way, but it's it's a true thing. She probably was thinking that way at one point in time because people judge her right. by kind of like Kelly Clarkson. Kelly Clarkson had that early on, and that's that's why she just doesn't doesn't yeah. care about that. I mean, she said in a, a 2020 interview of Variety that her relationship with food was exactly the same psychology that she applied to everything else in her life. Mm-hmm. You know, um, well, I mean, as I said, I don't think yeah. it's fat change at all. I think it's just the way she felt, and it's cool that she's yeah. writing about the way she felt about something. Right. Instead of just... And the people that are upset about her stepping on a scale and seeing the word fat, like, I seriously doubt if any of these people stepped on a scale and saw the word fat on it. I, I doubt it. That that would be a good. I want to make yeah. a scale like a it's joke. Probably more scale. likely, more likely, probably said one at a time, please. But I doubt it said the word fat on it. Yeah, see, that's, so that's, that's not, a little more. Should not be offended. That's a little. There's not say that, the word fat on it. Is that more kind? Yeah, a little more kind. Yeah. <laughs> I seriously doubt it said fat on it. I mean, you know, this whole this whole thing. I doubt. I mean, it's like. <laughs> you know, like I know how it works with these with the, with the media. Could you imagine if it's that media, Yeah, the media take these controversy, um, controversial topics, and they'll find like three or four tweets, which you can find three or four tweets to say anything in the world. I mean, there's like, I think thousands of tweets of people who think that the Earth is still flat. You know, that's true. They, they still think the Earth, Earth is flat. You know, so you can find anything you want to find. You can search it on Twitter and find it. You know, and then create a whole article based on it, saying like, these people are offended at. Taylor Swift, and I wonder, like, how many people was it really? Was it three tweets? Was it millions of people? I I doubt I that. I think it was just a few tweets, and it was sensationalized. Yeah. And yeah. Like a whole entire, like, you know, yeah. just something to rile people up, like us, you know. But no, but you know what? Here's what it is: they want to become famous for like pointing something out because they're like, I have no friends, but hey, if I tweet Taylor Swift is fat shaming me. I get a lot of followers and yeah, go. Yeah, they're a victim, and all of a sudden people are going to be like, I'm on your side, girl. You I should never, like, step on a scale. Yep. <laughs> See, right now, wearing this police uniform, I'm sure I'm offending a lot of people right now. Lots <laughs> of people. You probably are, yeah. You're that probably, old, like, especially when hat. you're about to say, uh, what, what I'm about to say is, it's not racist. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was just pure comedy. Pure comedy. All right. Um, last thing on the list is the Me Too uh, stuff going on. It seems like uh, these trials are going on concurrently. Taylor Swift's scale thing, am I right? The Me Too people? The Me Too people? <laughs> yeah. A lot of the same people probably uh, are in, in that category. But uh, as you know, the Danny Masterson trial has been going on. Uh, Jane Doe, number three, a uh, former uh, girlfriend of Danny. Um, was uh, provided testimony during the trial. She started hyperventilating and struggling to breathe partway through the morning session and had a full-blown panic attack while talking about the influence of Scientology. Yeah. Uh, she didn't look directly at Masterson or any of his family and friends seated in court. And she is one of the four women who, who testified uh, that Masterson assaulted them in the criminal case. And he faces up to 45 years in life um, you know, if I'd, convicted. I'd, if I was him, I'd be wary about dating any uh, woman named Jane Jane Doe. Yes. <laughs> you know, I wouldn't think – I don't think something's up, you know, personally. 
I'm not making light of her situation. You're on fire, dude. You got so good. <laughs> I think like the situation if, it, if it's real, I'm saying like, you know, I'll, I'll be like, you know, some probably uh, some girls like, oh, my name's Jane Doe. How you doing? I'll be like, oh, I don't know. I'll, I'll keep on moving. Right. <laughs> but you know, if he's guilty, I hope he does his time because that's right. horrible. I mean, this is for for women, you know. Um, yeah. Coming out, not just one. But you know you what? Know. Here's the thing. Bill Cosby. What was it like? Twenty some or thirty some, and he's out of jail yeah, like, already. That's was it like a good 50 point. Or something? Yeah. Most of his, the statute of limitation, were expired. Yeah. That's were why. expired, and I don't think in his case these were in 2001 to 2003. Yeah. That's within 20 years. So I guess that's still, uh, you know, yeah, it's still within the statute. Uh, you know, before the, you know the, the statute of limitations expires. We're talking about this. How come nobody's talking about the victims of Jeffrey Epstein? No, and none I mean, of the none of the I'm, celebrities that were, were have been revealed yet. Well, there, there's that? Jeffrey Epstein with uh, uh, Bill Clinton and uh, other people. I mean, it's those like those are the names that have been okay. on this plane. That doesn't necessarily mean they committed anything wrong. Well, they also had the same picture with Bill Clinton and uh, what's his name um, from the House of Cards. Spacey. Uh, so everybody like dodged the bullet. It's like bought the bullet last week. Kevin Spacey not guilty, found not guilty of uh yeah. of committing rape against actor Anthony Rapp, you know. Um apparently, well, yeah, well, apparently well, not enough evidence and Kevin Spacey was able to um win that based on the fact that during the time that Anthony made the accusation he talked about being brought upstairs and Kevin Spacey at the time was living in an apartment. That did not was, it, was it like sexual harassment? Was it sexual harassment or was it actually rape? It was sexual assault. He was, and he was also underage. Allegedly, yeah. he was. Uh... So yeah, he he dodged the bullet, man. Um, but then you also have then you have Harvey Weinstein, um, her, another one of his former assistants, Rowena Chu, um, is now taking a stand, and apparently. She was an assistant for Weinstein in the 90s, and apparently he tried to rape her on a business trip in 1998 at the Venice Film Festival. Jesus. She actually, he actually set up a late-night meeting to discuss scripts, and Weinstein asked her to massage him, then pushed her up against the bed and took off her tights, and, and she managed to escape the room. And Weinstein denies the attack uh, ever happened, and uh, it's funny because they actually said something very um, – Interesting that the, 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 the lawyer of Weinstein said, look at my client. He's not a George Clooney. He is not a Brad Pitt. These <laughs> women slept with, uh, consensually slept with my client because he was a powerful man in Hollywood. I mean, I, I hate to say I it. I, do. I believe a lot of that. I mean. Yeah. He's saying a lot I mean, of it I, was consensual. You know, you know, and I, I don't, I don't doubt that, you know, if they still said no, that he raped them, you know, like, mm -hmm. but I think, but there's definitely a lot of women out there in Hollywood and women that we, actresses that we know very well, who willingly slept with him to get ahead in their career. And, you know, they were probably put in a fucked up situation yeah. to do that, but the also one of them yeah, doing yeah. that. One of them doing that also enable him to still be a monster and 
to go after other women and keep doing it? Poor behavior, even if he, even if it was consensual, because he was taking advantage of his power. Exactly. Yeah. And last but not least on the list is Eric Weinberg, former Scrubs and Californication executive producer, accused of raping dozens of women by luring him into his Los Feliz home for photo shoots. Um, He pleaded not guilty and uh, will be held without bail until his next court date in November. Um, So apparently before that, he was free on three million bail. Um, since his initial uh, arrest, but the bail uh, amount has been adjusted um, to uh, five million. Um, but uh, yeah, and do- in his case, dozens of women uh, came forward to say that uh, he approached them in public using his credentials to gain their trust, and would do a photo shoot where he would do aggressive or sexual advances, and allegedly resulted in rape. Um, so those four trials are, are going on right now um, with the um, Kevin Spacey trial, uh, I guess, uh, is, is the one that has been. I, he's the one I thought would get kind of found guilty. Yeah. Sure. He got yeah. out of that. So we'll be talking more about these in the upcoming weeks. And of course, <clears throat> we always end with rest in peace. Um, we lost a, a very great comedic actor named Leslie Jordan. Um he was known for his work on American Horror Story, Will and Grace, Hearts of Fire, and he was a series regular on Call Me Cat. Uh, Call Me Cat is that uh, series with Blossom Star. Um, oh my gosh, what is her name? Bialik. Miriam Bialik. Thank you, yeah. Miriam Bialik. Yeah, who was a neuroscience in real life? If you didn't know, so very smart woman. Um, and Call Me Cat, I haven't watched the series, but you know it's sad because he was actually on his way to set and Uh, he had a medical emergency probably some type of heart attack i guess they have to confirm that was the case where he lost control of his vehicle and drove the vehicle into a building and um so sad man he um god you know he was also in uh the help he was also in the cool kids ally mcbeal ugly betty uh, Pee Wee's Playhouse, um, Nash Bridges, Boston Public, Boston Legal. Playhouse. What did he play in Pee Wee's Playhouse? I don't recall, but you know, he, you can't miss him. He's only like four eleven. He's a real little guy. Okay. Yeah. Um, and you were asking about. <laughs> he said, "You said can't miss him." And he said he's four <laughs> eleven. Easily. Yeah, he very well can miss him. He's very easily noticed in a, in a, in a bu- within a bunch of normal sized people, but. You're asking about. <laughs> you're asking him about American Horror Story. He played that, like I think in the Freak Show, he played that the weird um, curator of the of the the bazaar, and he had this bowl haircut. Oh yeah. Do you remember him now? Yeah. It's kind of like an Andy Warhol type of character. Right? Yeah, exactly. That was yeah, him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. He was good. I know people that watched him in other series and really loved him. Yeah. Yeah. So well, rest in peace. Rest in peace also to Michael Kopska, veteran uh, Canadian t- uh, of Canadian TV shows like X-Files, Smallville, Fantastic Four. Died at the age of 66. Um, I don't think he was in one of the main actors in Fantastic Four, but he sadly died of a brain tumor. Uh, which Fantastic uh, One of the better ones or one of the – well, I think there was only one good one, I guess. I don't know. i got to look at – can you look – I have to look that up on the IMDb. I'm not sure which one he was in. It's a, do it on your own time. 
Oh, sweet God. It's like... Jules Bass, animated uh, producer, director, composer, who partnered uh, with Arthur Rankin Jr. on the holiday TV special Rudolph the Rain- Red-Nosed Reindeer, Frosty the Snowman, Santa Claus yes. Coming to Town. Certainly a... Uh, this is a Chachi favorite celebrity. Right? That is. Yeah, yeah. That is. Not, a, not a good a, holiday. A lot Christmas. of the specials that we all, a lot of us enjoyed as, as kids and. Uh, and still now. Don't, don't mean to just. And still today. You kids. know, those yeah. those shows have great rewatch value. I remember. They do. Um, yeah, I remember uh, watching Rudolph the Red Nose Reindeer with my nephew. Oh, yeah. Uh, those claymation ones are awesome. Yeah. Aren't they great, man? Yeah. Yeah, they're, they're really good. Um. We also lost. Um, oh yeah, last week we announced that Robbie Coltrane of Harry Potter fame had passed away, and they just revealed um, the cause, and it was due to multiple organ failure. Man. Apparently, he had a sepsis, lower respiratory tract infection, and a heart block, and he also was diagnosed with um, diabetes, type two diabetes. Man. And. Um, we lost the son of a WWE Hall of Famer. Um, wow. That's Tristan Man. Nash, the Kevin Nash's son. Isn't that um, surprising? He, I mean, did you hear about what happened with that? Yes. Uh, apparently, it was a seizure that caused a cardiac arrest. He was only 26 years old. I, I mean, but did, did you hear what Kevin Nash said about like what caused the seizure? Well, he's, um, he talked about it in the Click podcast and said that the seizure caused a cardiac arrest uh, and he was basically dead no, in his I mean, room but, on the but, floor no, but no but he told uh, he he actually came he said what what caused the seizure oh, is okay. him and were both getting sober and they kept, quit drinking cold turkey and it just kind of oh the cold turkey yes that's true cold okay turkey. so kevin nash said the seizure came after he and his son decided they were going to quit drinking alcohol and they went cold turkey sorry that was later in the article sorry um and apparently they didn't feel great because it's true. Like when I yeah, get the shakes and day, stuff, you get shakes yeah, and stuff. You, you get shakes, and like I drink coffee every day. And when I don't drink my coffee, like I'm on vacation and I don't have my coffee maker, I don't get that first cup of coffee. Yeah, you can feel it. You know, it's it's kind of crazy. Um, it's it kind of kind of crazy how becoming sober is your. It could actually your is, well, sometimes like I mean when I did the music, I mean I drank a lot. It's like, but I mean, mm-hmm. a lot of the people in the music business aren't alive now because of the substances they. Yeah, that's sad. It's it's certainly really sober sad. and having I mean, that happen to you, right? Yeah. Oh man, so rest in peace, Tristan Nash. And last but not least, gotta be glad, Paul. Our boy Bray Wyatt is back with the WWE. Oh yeah, that is great. It was good to see him back at the Extreme Rules pay per view. Somebody else came back too. Did you see that? The Good Brothers. That's oh, right. The Good Brothers are back. Good Brothers and are back. Am, am I missing one? You're missing Brock. Well, Brock never left the company. <laughs> yeah, but he came back. He was gone right. for months. Well, I was just I was thinking of people that were fired from the company. <laughs> yeah, the good brothers are back. That's that's good brothers thing. are back. So that's really good. And and oh, yeah. having and, um, Jerry Jerry Lee Lewis is still alive. That was reported. Um, oh, was TMZ was it? and other outlets that he died, but it was a mistake. Now, He's is it one of those things where he's really sick? Because that eventually that happens a they, lot. Yeah. Yeah, it but happens I, a lot. I think it's they said that he's uh, he's getting better from the flu, so it, it didn't sound like there was something else, you know, that something major that happened. He was in a coma or anything like that, mm-hmm. and that he's, you know, because 
I know what you mean. A lot of times they give report that they died, and but they died the next day or whatever. The next day or a couple of days later, right? Because yeah. they were. I'm just not sure like if that's the case right now. Yeah, it's not a coma situation, and they said he's actually getting over the flu. <laughs> Mel Brooks for years, they kept kept saying Mel Brooks was dead, and he wasn't dead. Oh, Dana, yeah. dude. A big thing on Twitter, like every two weeks, they would say Mel Brooks is dead, and it's like Dan he's is, not dead. Dana's calling me on my cell, guys. Okay. Should we reschedule? Well, let's hold on. Let's see what he wants. Let's see what he says. Right. And we always end with birthdays today. Actors, uh, people in the industry celebrating another year around the sun. Pat Sajak is 76. Happy birthday, Pat. Wow. Wasn't he a bottle? Right? He yeah. lives in Maryland, I believe. Yeah. And yeah, he's retiring from Wheel of Fortune. Uh, whether it has to do with a photo with Marjorie Green, we don't know. Um, Rita Wilson is 66. That's the wife of Tom Hanks. Um, Dylan McDermott, actor Dylan McDermott, 61. Carrie Elwes, legendary actor, 60. Um, actor Tom Cavanaugh from The Flash. We just talked about Anthony Rapp. <laughs> Happy birthday, <laughs> Anthony. He's probably not celebrating you know your birthday I today. It's probably not a happy birthday because he did not get what he, he wants. win his case. Yeah, he's 51 today. Seth MacFarlane from Family Guys, 49. Happy birthday, Seth MacFarlane. John Heater from Napoleon Dynamite. Happy birthday, yeah. John. How old is he? 45. Is that young? Wow. Yeah, right? I thought he was older for some reason. <clears throat> and yeah, I don't recognize any of their names. That birthday's today. <clears throat> so What a great we, show from top to bottom. Uh, weird, what a shit. Uh, <laughs> What a great show from top to bottom, but we're actually ending tonight's show with our special guest, right? Yeah, right. It's our Halloween episode of BTB. And uh, I had my Eddie Munster wig, but it was getting a little hot in here. But anyways, we are welcoming actor and comedian extraordinaire Dana Dute, um, known as Anoush from our favorite show on Netflix, oh. Cobra Kai. Yes. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Dan, good to have you on BTB, Below the Belt Show. And yes, we are uncensored. Hit Below the Belt. Oh, wow. Exciting. <laughs> <laughs> you good can use worse language than that because we're uncensored. Yeah, you go. We got a wow. cop here, too. So, you know, he's wow. So. As most podcasts are. Poo-poo. <laughs> Poo-poo caca. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> Well, first of all, we are big fans of Cobra Kai. We've had quite a few uh, of the Cobra Kai actors here on BTB. And uh, finally, from the very beginning, getting, too, from the old YouTube Red days. Even starting from the YouTube Red. So we're OG we fans. Listen, OG as far as I'm con concerned, you haven't had any real Cobra Kai guests until you've had me on your podcast. Okay. <laughs> I don't care about. Yeah. First of all, who's the guy in the ten gallon hat? What's going on on, on the bottom right over there? Am I under, <laughs> is this a sting operation? What is? Is, is this the catch predator? Has the catch predator finally got to me? <laughs> <laughs> this is our Halloween episode, so we kind of put things together last minute and call uh, you. I yeah. remember the force. Uh, I guess. Yeah, he was the guy that was off. hunting John I'm Rambo. A, I'm a fifth order as a Texas Ranger. Okay. Right. Oh yeah, you look it. Oh my God. And he's standing there with his arms folded. I'm like, this is this might be my last podcast. I don't know if. Uh... 
I don't know if they allow microphones in the prison I'm going to, apparently. Oh, man. Wouldn't that be something, doing a podcast from a prison cell? That, that would be. No, uh... you don't want them because they'll, they'll do stuff with that microphone. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. They don't like you. Yeah. Or, or if they do like you, they'll do it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Hey, man. I'm not here to judge what people do with their microphones and the privacy of their own home. Okay. Privacy of their own prison. Right. Yeah. Right. Of their own prison cell. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, well, you know what? We wanted you to end a lot uh, earlier, but you know what? We're happy to have you on now. Uh, guys, I completely part. fucked up. I completely okay. fucked up. All right. I'll, <laughs> I'll own up to it. I, I, and I, I wish I had a good excuse like, oh, I got called in by the network to, to work on this script. No, I was literally laying down on my couch in sweatpants, uh, <laughs> watching TV, eating a pasta that I made, a wonderful pasta, and just nice. like... Really just like having like, I don't know, I was like uh, having my little Ina Garden Martha Stewart moment by myself, just hashtag self-care. enjoying your life, yeah. Yeah, it smelled like lavender. I was drinking Chardonnay. Life was good. See, that's what happened. <laughs> Here we come. And then I got a frantic text from my agent. She's like, where the fuck are you? <laughs> I was like, I'm on my couch having a me day. She's like, no, get on your fucking computer. You're working. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so we ruined your whole entire night. No, no, you're you're you know you're enhancing it. It's uh it's a it's a welcome surprise. It's Wait, where are you based out of? I'm in LA. Where are you guys? LA. Okay, we're on East Coast, so it's early for you. So there's no excuse. Oh my God! Wait, I saw a 410 area code. Are you guys? In oh yeah. I'm yeah, in Pennsylvania. You know about Baltimore? I listened to an interview because you actually went to Hopkins, right, for your undergrad. I did go to Johns Hopkins, yeah, baby. Whoa. Oh, wow. 410, yeah. baby. 2-1-2-1-8. Yes, with the attention of going to medical school, and you got the comedy bug. You did some stand-up comedy in Baltimore, and uh, you, did, you decided to pursue the stand-up comedy route instead of becoming a doctor, which I'm sure, as most foreign parents would yeah. prefer their children to pursue being a doctor or a lawyer like that, did you get a little bit of that when, when you No, you know, it's funny. Comedy? It's funny. My parents are immigrants from Iran, and they were totally fine with me following my passion and quitting med school for it, oh, which wow. was so amazing. And also completely a fucking lie. They hated <laughs> it. <laughs> they wanted to slit my wrists for me. Like, they oh. wanted to disown me, kill me. I mean, look, I get where they're coming from, though. You know, they, like, escape right. persecution to come to America and give their kids a better life. And I basically took that and flushed it down the toilet yeah. for the yeah. short term, you know? Like, no, Mom and Dad, I'd rather tell dick jokes. Yeah, exactly. I'm going to go <laughs> yeah. tell dick jokes to three people on a Monday night at midnight. <laughs> I'm fucking Baltimore. Yeah. You hit the Baltimore so, comedy club scene a little bit, right? I did. There was a There used to be a club on Water Street. I forgot what it was called, but oh. it was like this place I did stand up. And then like I, I think there's an improv there as well. It's a gnarly comedy scene. It doesn't really make sense. It's like you would do shows and there would be like a beat poet going on after you, like doing some fucked up slam poetry. <laughs> it's like a variety slam show. Slam poetry. Wow. Yeah. That's why. <laughs> but honestly, I gotta say, it's like to be a little serious, even though you guys are joking and I like joking around. Yes. But um I think it was the fact, like, this is why whenever people are like, parents need to be supportive of their kids' dreams, I'm like, not for every dream. And I feel like 
stand up or becoming an actor or something like that, I feel like you need to get no's from your parents. And if you still want to do it, then you do it. Like, I don't think I think you have to have the whole world telling you no. And if you still have to do it, then you do it. Because if you don't have it in your like in your manifest destiny to do so, if it's not in your blood that you need to go on stage every night, um, you don't want to get positive reinforcement for that because you're not going to succeed. And it's like really hard to succeed. It's almost impossible. So you have to be a little crazy to want to do it, I think. Yeah. And it paid off, didn't it? Because now now you're you're the smartest guy on Cobra Kai. I am the smartest guy on Cobra Kai. Everyone knows that. I see it in the fan fiction. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and other than the OGs, you were one of the few actors that didn't need to audition, right? You, I did not need to audition. You're, yeah. You're, you're just handed on a silver plate. This silver, is that's it. Sure. My parents my parents paid the creators. Uh, <laughs> I lied. I lied and said that I was a Make-A-Wish kid. And they're like, uh, it's been five seasons, Dan. Why aren't you dead yet? And I was like, ah, oh, they found a cure. It's a miracle. <laughs> <laughs> How'd you get selected so, for the show? I I actually got it because I've been friends with the creators for probably 15 years now. Yeah. Um, we all kind of hooked up when they moved to LA. Moved to LA, and we have mutual friends, and we have always been following each other's careers. Like they would always come to see me at the comedy clubs, and I'd obviously go to all their premieres for their movies and stuff. Right. And we were always like, we're gonna find something to work together on. And they called eventually, and they were like, Yo we have this show it's called cobra kai and it's on youtube and i was like okay not not the project i've been waiting for from you guys <laughs> <laughs> and uh it was actually pretty interesting because they had like no money at the at the time to do the show um sorry <clears throat> sorry i just ate dinner and i'm doing a podcast now so i might uh, burp a little bit yeah. uh, but uh like, they yeah they, like they, they just rick and morty i guess <laughs> yeah at this point at the point of the uh at the point that they started filming the first season or at the point that they cast me they had already cast everyone basically and they just like reached out to me and they were like hey man we've all of our money is gone like can you just kind of do us a favor and do this for a lot less than right. what your, your agents are going to tell you not to do it just like right. Just do us a solid, and we promise you to like Sag put you in this minimum. universe. <laughs> right. And I was like, you know, literally, can I tell you something? What's crazy is that if it wasn't these guys, I wouldn't have done the gig. There's your boys. Right. You had to do it. Because I would have just been like, I, there's no, it's just not even that like I'm too good for it or whatever. It's just like, you know, there comes a point in your career where it's like your value is a certain level. And if you go down on that, then other people see it as down. So right. you, you work really hard to get it up to that yeah. level, your quote, they call it. Like you want to get it up. So right. all my reps were like, dude, don't fucking do this. This is crazy. Why are you doing it? Like, this is nuts. And I was like, I'm going to do it. And I did it. And I mean, the rest is history. The show has become like a cultural icon that that I get to be a part of. I mean, it's pretty it's pretty amazing. amazing. And you got to thank yeah, they probably they that. probably pitched the show to you first before you agreed to it. Right. And told you about their concept for the show. I mean, it's funny because not really, because they were like doing a million things at once. Like they did not have time to pitch me on the show. And also I'm not like a main character where they're like sitting me down and telling me like what they're like, Dan, get to Atlanta next week. Just do this role, please. We got to go. Bye. (laughs) I was like, okay. Now, were you a fan of the Karate Kid franchise before this, at least? Yes. Huge fan of the Karate Kid. Humongous fan. And, And in fact, um, such a huge fan that the first scene 
the first scene that Brett and I shot, and it was the first day that Brett and I ever met each other, Brett Ernst, um, was that first scene in episode one where Johnny and Daniel are meeting each other for the first time. So yes, yes. Literally, imagine that's the first scene you're doing. Like I always get nervous. You always get nervous on set. The first yep. day, anyway, it sucks. It's yep. like you're getting to know everyone. You don't know anyone, and they get pissed at you because you forget your lines. And I mean, to be able to for your first scene to be two of your like cultural childhood icons meeting together, and you're like watching them meet for the first time, and all the cameras are on you. Like I remember, Brett and I were like, I, I, I for one was like, I kept like getting it. My, my head out of the scene because I was just like watching it. I was like, this is amazing. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's uh, it's been a real weird roller coaster ride. Um, I think, you know, I I, uh, I get recognized from Cobra Kai everywhere I go now. And it's like, yes. it was a That's YouTube cool. show that, that I wasn't going to do. It's crazy. Yeah, because I, I remember that was the first scene that um, Daniel and Johnny um, confronted each other since, um, I guess, the beginning of part two. Yeah. Friday Kid too. Yeah. So that's a pretty yeah. historic moment there. Totally. Totally historic moment. But yeah, I mean, this. I mean, we love the series, and you know, anybody else who was in charge of the series would have screwed it up, hundred percent, because they would have made it a joke. You know, not took it seriously, not took the fans seriously. But you know, like Josh, John, um, Hayden, like they all were fans of Cobra Kai, and I mean, fans of the Karate Kid, and made, you know, had respect for the whole franchise. I think made. Um, the original trilogy even better yeah, yeah absolutely and um i also think that there yeah like you said there's so many landmines landmines going into this that you can just mess up it's so easy to mess this up and just look at jaden smith yeah yeah exactly i mean and they could have thank you uh Sheriff, who's got uh, no microphone on. <laughs> I just hear like a muffled fucking southern accent just like peeking in once in a while. I can use a southern accent if you want me to. Yeah. I have no idea what you just said. No one has any idea what you're saying. Why is it that you guys all have professional fucking microphones? I know. And I checked his cell phone here, so. The yeah, Texas Ranger is doing, he's doing this on a flip phone. He's doing a yeah, flip he's phone. Doing, yeah, he's doing us a favor. That's all. He's <laughs> keeping like, an eye on things. <laughs> yeah. Um, yes, but as I was saying, there were so many ways to get it wrong and so little ways to get it right. And I think they went the Game of Thrones route where they treated this like Game of Thrones, like their the characters and their plot lines and how they all interconnect. Um, Game of Thrones yeah. comparison. Holy smokes. Totally, dude. Think about it. It's like you never... I mean, I wish I could take credit for that, but I think Patton Oswalt said that um, after the first season. But it's like you never know who's who's on whose side, what alliances are going to be made, what allegiances are going to be made. Ooh, okay. You never know I who's going to fucking, if someone's dying or not dying. I mean, it's uh, it's really, it's uh, they they nailed it. I mean, they 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 hit even it. Even a noose leaving and going to um, the competition. Again, I don't like to talk about this a lot, but yes, since you brought it up, I did save Miyagi Do and the whole Miyagi verse. I saved it because I told them what was going on at Coles. If not, they would have gone out of business. The show would have been over. Anoush saved Cobra Kai, yes. the whole franchise. There you go. And he did that in between banging a lot of women. Oh, wow. <laughs> Damn. Okay, what? Where did that? What? What part? I, I did not see that script. What? 
What version of Cobra Kai are you watching? Is Aren't this you like going uh, on these hot dates all the time? Well, we saw one watch, date. We saw. Are one you date. watching on? It's on, It was on YouTube Red, not RedTube. I should. <laughs> <laughs> That's I the version you were watching. We've only seen one date though, Chachi. No, he's always going out. He's always talking about going out on dates and stuff. I do talk about going on dates because okay. I think there's an episode where Daniel asked me to like practice karate with him, and I'm like, I can't. I have a date. Um, okay. I don't know if that, I don't know that I'd call it banging up and down the Sunset Strip. <laughs> <laughs> You're doing all right with for yourself, I think. Tommy you know? Ling, it, I know. Yeah. Yeah. That's a new storyline. <laughs> I I have no idea what the sheriff just said. I. <laughs> oh, he said a new storyline. The sheriff. <laughs> a new storyline. Yes. Yes. <laughs> a new um, storyline. A new storyline. <laughs> I get it. <laughs> I mean, I do have an interesting dating. Uh, I don't know how many spoilers you guys give, or we can talk about everything. But... Oh, it's, it's the, any... the show's yeah, that aired for a oh, long yes. time. Yeah, we can, we can talk about it for sure. Yeah, I mean, you know, I ended up dating Larusso's uh, Larusso's daughter, uh, yes. or his niece, but his real life daughter. His real life yeah. daughter, but his niece on the show. Yeah, what was it like working with uh, Vanessa? Yeah, with Vanessa. Oh. Yeah. Uh, uh with julia sorry um it was it was amazing i love julia she's fucking hilarious she is such a good actor and she, but it was funny because she's one of those actors that like there's actors that like are like method actors that off camera they kind of keep acting and you know in the show it's like she and i are like dating we're like boyfriend girlfriend and she'd be like hugging me off camera, come here, come here, boyfriend, this and that. And I'm oh, like, nice. and fucking Ralph Macho is standing right there. And just like <laughs> his daughter hugging me. I'm like, uh, boss, I don't know. I please I I have nothing to do with this. This is just Julia being Julia. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty bad when your boss has a um martial arts background. I know. And is also the executive producer of the show. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Both aspects. But uh, you got a little physical in this uh, this season, uh, both with with Brett, uh, with Louie, and with uh, Johnny. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, It, uh, you know, and uh, they let me do my own stunts, guys. I don't know if you know this, Uh, but uh, they let me do my own stunts. The first day that I in season two when Johnny throws me up against the car uh, and twists my arm behind my back. Oh yes. That uh, was season two. Right. Eventually uh, I, I showed up to work and there was like another dude there dressed exactly like me, but like way better looking. I'm like, who the fuck are you? He's like, I'm your stunt man. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, first of all, flattered. Second of all, I'm doing my own stunts. So I went up to them. I was like, guys, can I do my own stunt? They're like, do you have a martial arts background? And I was like, yeah, I'm a blue belt in uh, jujitsu. Nice. And they're like, okay, fine. And we started shooting, and Johnny keeps twisting my arm behind my back for each take. And we do like 15 takes, and he's giving it his all, man. And by the third time that he was twisting my arm, I was like, uh, can we bring the stuntman back? This is not what I signed up for. <laughs> Blue belt was... jiu-jitsu. Are you still active in, in pursuing jiu-jitsu? I mean, not so much. I got a little banged up. I, I messed up my back a little bit, so I think a blue belt is probably as far as I'm gonna go. But you know, I got I got what I needed to get. Okay. I can beat up. I can I can I can confidently beat up any you know thirteen and under. I would say, <laughs> <laughs> depending on when they went through puberty, twelve and under. Let's keep it safe. Twelve and under. Okay. <laughs> that is my wheelhouse, baby. 
There you go. <laughs> so like Bert and Nate from the cast, those guys. Yeah, that's your conversation. Oh, yeah. I'll fuck him up. I will fuck him up. <laughs> <laughs> We've had those two young actors on our show who, who are fantastic. Uh, uh, so that's super cool. Um, so so please talk, talk. So we heard things about, first of all, a movie, Karate Kid movie. Which, oh. I don't know. It made headline news, but apparently uh, Hayden, Josh, and John are not affiliated with it. Um, so I don't know how that would work, considering you know all the OGs are a part of Cobra Kai. Do you know anything about this Karate Kid movie? I know nothing about it. I wish I could comment on it. I can't imagine doing a movie without them. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, that might just be like a negotiation tactic. Like they're yeah. trying to get some money and they're like, yeah, I guess we can't do the movie. You guys got to <laughs> crowdfund it yourselves yeah um yeah i don't know but as far as anoush in season six what can we expect from your character i don't know anything about season six man i don't even know if season six is happening i haven't gotten any contracts i can't tell you anything okay anoush is going to be doing cameos for 30 dollars that's what anoush is doing (laughs) (laughs) i mean is there any character on the show that you'd like to work with that you haven't so far um, oh, that is a very, very good question. Uh, Maybe like a Terry Silver type of character. Terry Silver would be amazing to work with. Um, although I'll tell you a funny story. He's so evil, and I went to like uh, I went to a dinner party that uh, he was at, and he was sitting across from me with his wife, and I never really met him before. I mean, I did that quick scene in the last. Uh, in episode three of season five of the last season where like we're in the golf uh the country club or whatever and uh but i never really interacted with him i never really hung out and i just know him from the show which is like he's a fucking vile like just the best villain ever right and i'm telling you at this dinner i have never met a more polite sweet cartoonishly nice and him and his wife are like an SNL like sketch of like the perfect marriage. Oh, <laughs> like, wow. I was so shocked. I was like, where is the devil inside you, sir? I know it's in there somewhere. Um, but he was, he's such a phenomenal actor. It's just so fun to watch him do what he does. Yeah. And I always thought he was the best part of Credit Kid Part Three. And like the movie, I thought ending was kind of lame and like, it never gets the credit it really deserves as a whole, that movie. But I, I, I thought bringing him back the right way and fleshing out his character even more. And it's just been a great job all around on Cobra Kai. Yeah, for sure. For we, sure. Just re- we also recently had Robin Lively, the lovely Robin Lively on the show. Yes. Yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah, she was great. Yeah, she's How would you like working with her? She's just amazing. I mean sign me up yeah that would be fucking awesome i mean look the thing is they cast everyone they cast in this show is so great that you can mix and match anyone and it would be so much fun you know that's the thing like every character has their own backstory has like you know stuff going on with them you know it's like a million characters. i will say this though courtney courtney amanda larusso funniest person on set hands down no question she's so fucking hilarious uh, as if it's not enough that she's like stunningly gorgeous. She's like she's gorgeous, ridiculously Holy funny. She's, yeah. You can't, you can't have it all, Courtney. I'm hoping <laughs> she, I'm hoping she's got some skeletons in the closet. Like I don't know, she like 
Well, it's so funny because she's always like, like the voice of reason on Cobra Kai too. Like when they're, you know, fighting all these dojos and these teenagers and everything, and she she's always like, like what the hell's going on? Like you know, like these are like teenagers. Like yeah, she's, she's always like, like the voice of reason. She's definitely like, why, what, why are you guys always making children fight? What's happening? <laughs> and one of the funniest lines is when um, Terry Silver was um, talking about being all coked out in the 80s and he terrorized some teenagers. I love like, that. For like a, a couple months. I love that. That was it really so. Puts in perspective everything from the Karate Kid series. Such a good, uh, such a good wink to uh to the weirdness of that of Karate Kid 3 because the acting was insanely over the top. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, most most multimillionaires do take, you know, a couple months off just to terrorize kids. I mean, so, he's like in his jacuzzi with the big fucking the big cell phone. Yeah. <laughs> Amazing. That is classic. I and, think we're uh, going to see um, Hillary Swank in um, the oh. next season. Hillary Swank. That'd be Dude, I know nothing of the next season. I know nothing. I'm <laughs> tell you stuff so you can tell us. She's the major player that hasn't been brought in yet. Right, right. Right, right, right. First of all, were you a fan of, of the next Karate Kid movie? I actually didn't see it. Sorry, Jaden. Well, you're better off. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Hillary Swank is great in it. Listen, like, you know, I'm not going to talk shit. I, in it. I, I, I've, I've met Jaden Smith. He's a, he's a delightful kid. No, uh, he, he didn't slap me. So I love it. that's good. Not it's not in the genes, guys. It's not not in the, the DNA. That's good. That's not good. In the DNA. <laughs> so you and um Brett, you guys do uh, comedy tours together, and you kind of kind of capitalize on the 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 Cobra Kai thing, right? As the as the uh, Larusa salesman, I guess the Larusa dealership. I mean, I I gotta life. say it's one of the fun side side hustles that of uh, that has come from Cobra Kai. Is yeah, we yeah. do like a stand up show together. And Brett and I have been doing stand-up collectively for, like, 40 years together. Like, I've been in the game yeah. for 20. He's been a little longer than that. And we go out. We friends and... before Cobra Kai. No, not really. We knew of each other, oh, but wow. we never have, we'd never met. And it's funny because, like, we've ended up becoming such good friends. And we are exactly like our characters on the show in real life. <laughs> like, awesome. it's literally what our relationship is like. And uh, we do all these shows all over the country. We do these stand-up shows. Um, actually, when is this episode airing? We're going to drop it hopefully next week. So, next so week? Feel free okay. to plug away. Well, I will tell you that on November 4th and 5th, if you're in South Jersey, you can catch us at Vinny's Comedy Club. We're going to be doing the show there on Friday and Saturday night. Um, which, funny enough, Vinny's Comedy Club is that comedy club where a girl just got a beer thrown at her on stage. I don't know if you saw that. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. so wish me luck. Um, but <laughs> um, drinks. But the funny thing is, we've been you know a lot of people watch Cobra Kai and have no idea that Brett and I are stand up comics. So they come to this event thinking it's just like a weird like meeting greet or something. Right. And we end up doing like stand up. Like I do like half an hour stand up, and he does half an hour stand up, and then like we get on stage together. And people's minds are blown. They're like, did you start doing stand-up after Cobra Kai? We're like, no. <laughs> we were doing this for fucking 20, 20 years. <laughs> Pretty funny. I That's love why it, they, say, they say becoming an overnight celebrity after 20 years, right? <laughs> I love it. Well, you, you just said you're getting recognized everywhere. Yeah, it's pretty tough. Now that we don't have to wear the COVID masks anymore. You... Dude, I've gotten that. Let me tell you something. If there's something I... There is a huge subset of the population that watches Cobra Kai. You're gonna like this Texas Ranger. Uh, is cops? 
Pop <laughs> Love Cobra Kai. And I have gotten out of so many fucking tickets really? using co- my Dude. Cobra Kai. Yeah, it's wild. What? Oh. <laughs> you don't even no have to doubt. ask. They just recognize you and they're like, okay, we'll just give you a warning. No, they don't out. really recognize. I have to like, because, you know, they're like standing outside the car. They're not really looking in. And I have to like, I, I, the, the challenge is me having to figure out how to weasel into the conversation when I'm a douche from Cobra Kai. Right. <laughs> you should have like a and box of like autographs, no pictures. It, yeah. On the, it makes on the no front sense seat. at all. <laughs> Although I do have a LaRusso Auto uh, license plate cover on my car now. That's awesome. So, Dude, yeah. that is so dope. You have a bonsai tree, too, in your living room? No, I need one. Send me one, man. That should be my gift for doing the podcast. <laughs> okay. I'll talk to Daniel. Well, Josh, um, Josh, John, oh. Hayden uh, announced they're going in to do uh, kind of like a spinoff of uh, Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Oh, yes. Are you, yeah. you going to try to um, get in on that? I don't they know, know you, man. right? Yeah, I mean, do, do you say they owe me? They owe you, yeah, because you <laughs> did them a favor early on. Dude, they oh. owe me nothing. They have given okay. me the biggest, like, the one of the one of the best jobs of my career. I mean, right? Looks like a blast. Can, it really does. You couldn't pay me to 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 be on this show. I would I would pay to be on this show. You know what I mean? Um, you heard it here first. Too, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know. My agents are like, "What the fuck are you saying?" <laughs> <laughs> like I'll do, I'll do the show for free, and I'll sweep the floors after we're done. Yeah, yeah. Right, sweep the floors and sweep the leg. Yeah. Hysterical, <laughs> <laughs> dude. But yeah, so I I heard an interview because you did a lot of your comedy tours um, at colleges. I know over yeah. the years audiences have evolved, and you know things can be offensive. Have you had to kind of tailor your comedy act? with the today's more sensitive audience i gotta tell you man i lucked out because i stopped doing colleges like five six years ago and before that i went a decade that i was doing colleges nonstop. in fact for two years i was like the highest booked college comedian in the country right yeah, i was doing like 165 shows a year it was crazy man. and i kind of like cashed out and cashed my chips at the perfect time man because uh, so I haven't really had to do a college once in a while. I have, yeah, you know, I'll just mute a lot of jokes and I'll dumb down some stuff or leave some stuff out. Um, but I, thankfully I haven't had, cause I have a lot of friends that that was like their bread and butter and they're just like having a real tough time with it now. Uh, thankfully that was not my experience. I fucking cashed in and got the hell out of there. <laughs> right. So you would agree that the audiences have changed a little bit? over the years as far as i mean i don't even jokes. think it's the whole audience i think it's like a subset of people that you know that bully the rest of the audiences and because of that the school has to kind of capitulate and so your contract is just going to tell you things that you can't say it has it, it has less to do with how sensitive the crowd is right and you know because most crowds would be fine but there's like let's call it three percent of the people in the school who make 99 percent of the noise mm-hmm. that will that will yeah, you know everywhere. get that will yeah that will get things censored so uh you know i don't, I don't even blame the crowds because it's more just like the capitulation because it, it's again it's in the contract the contract will say what you can say what you can't say i mean so i don't know it's a weird time to be a comedian of things that can't be said anymore um 
I mean, it's funny. Like, they'll say no homophobic jokes, but then I'd run a joke by them that just mentioned a gay person that is not at all homophobic. And they're like, no, you can't say that. I'm like, so you just can't mention, you can't just say gay people? That seems more homophobic than (laughs) (laughs) you know, just like, don't mention gay people. They don't exist. (laughs) She's way more homophobic. So it's like stuff like that where they're just so scared uh, of, of getting into any trouble like that. So... Um, or like race stuff, which is funny because like a lot of my comedy is like race based stuff and it's right. not racist, but it's like you're just like fucking that's the whole thing of stand up is like you're you're doing this fun little tightrope of like having not not even making fun of people, but having fun with people. Um, yeah, so stereotypes and your own experiences. And funny, things like that. Look at Mel Brooks. You can't do anything with Mel Brooks stuff anymore. And Mel Brooks was a genius. He made fun of everybody. Oh yeah, Mel Brooks would be canceled in, in before he fucking <laughs> he opened <Yeah>. his mouth. <laughs> I just, it's just crazy because uh, Brett got really uh, emotional when we had him when he talked about how how cancel culture has has uh, has really affected comedy. First of all, Brett gets fucking emotional about everything. Okay, <laughs> you can talk about well, I prefer flat parsley over the frilly. Uh, frizzy parsley, and he'll be like, "You motherfucker! You talking? <laughs> I come from Italy. We do flat parsley. You gonna fucking talk shit about flat parsley? Huh? I'm like, like Brett, <laughs> Jesus, relax, man. Brett's always at a 14, and he always needs to be at a six, uh, and he's always at a 14. <laughs> so I'm not surprised that he went on a tirade. <laughs> what was your um, worst experience with a heckler? My worst experience with a heckler? Yeah, oh, no. you think of one. Or have you had one? Yeah, of course I have. Um, I think. I mean, look, when I started out, I got booed off stage once on a show. Wow. That was pretty fucking brutal. Um, I. I mean, I got tackled, but tackled Whoa. again. This is a long time ago. It's like. <laughs> <laughs> and it was kind of understandable. Like it was right after 9/11, and I I was doing this open mic show downtown in Manhattan, and like it was like at a firefighter bar where like firefighters who were like clean up up the rubble of 9/11 would come to like you know lay off let off some steam and just like drink their sorrows away, and I'd be like fucking with them, and I was also you know I'm Iranian and like you know. They did not want to hear for any brown people fucking with them at that time. So, you know, I should have read the room. I probably should have read the room. So you're telling 9-11 jokes at the time? I wasn't really telling 9-11 jokes, but I think I was just like fucking right. with them when they did okay. not want to fuck with. <laughs> you got tackled, wow. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, like Dave Chappelle, for instance. I mean, what are your thoughts on, on, on certain audiences being up and on? Some of his content. Um, I look, man. I love Dave Chappelle. I think he's an amazing comedian. Uh, I think he. Uh, I don't know. I mean, it sucks. I, I, it sucks when any comedian I think gets censored. So I, I, you know, kudos to Netflix for allowing his special to live there. Right? Um, yeah. And again, it's like, I, he says a lot of things in there. So I'm Jewish, and he says a lot of things in his last special that are super offensive to to a lot of Jewish people. But like I don't think that it, they should just take his his stuff off. Like, you know, I think if you don't want to listen to it, don't listen to it. I mean, that's how comedy 
I mean, if you offend everybody, that's the point. I mean, I don't know what the point is to offend everybody, but well, I mean, the but, point but is... you point out the differences between people instead of and making that a joke instead of just like you know what I mean, just doing it that way. Yeah, look, I mean, he's calling things out the way he sees them. Like, I'm getting his point of view, right? Which is great. Like, that's what you're supposed to get with stand-up. So, like, look, there's some comedians that I find vile and that I, you know, would never condone their comedy. But that does not mean that I want their stuff taken off the shelves. Like, mm-hmm. I think, I think, you know, let the market speak for it. But I think, um, you know, it's, it all goes back to this whole, like, speech is violence thing, right? And it's like, is speech really violence? And I think that's kind of a, a dangerous, slippery slope of getting a lot of things taken off the shelves. Um, um, what about Kanye West? So his statements were not jokes, but... Guys, I just wanted to do a fucking easy, fun podcast. Yeah, you're like... <laughs> you guys are just like, let's see if we can get Dan canceled in one... Uh... <laughs> Hey, what's your what's your opinion on abortion? No, I'm kidding. Yeah. <laughs> I'm kidding. Hey, glad you're John Yeah, glad you <laughs> No, so when um, you know, speaking of Netflix that we were earlier, um, when Cobra Kai finally moved to Netflix, um, how how have you seen like the reaction to the show change? I mean, night and day. It was weird when it was on YouTube. I felt like uh, we had to convince people to watch it. Like, I would have to go up to my friends and be like, guys, you don't, you're not going to believe it. The best show in the world is on, and I'm an actor in it. They're like, great, what network? I'm like, it's on YouTube, and you got to get a YouTube <laughs> premium subscription. They're like, fuck you. I'm not getting a YouTube <laughs> premium subscription. And so, like, uh, it, was, it took a lot of convincing. And then, it, like, it was the best, like, I told you so tour on season three uh when it came out on netflix to be like guys i told you it was the best show ever what i say yeah and it's so. funny cause we were the same way from the beginning we tell people you gotta watch this show and they're like we're like it's on youtube red and we're like i don't have that and i'm like well it's free it's free for a month you know just sign up with one of your gmail accounts and you know you watch it watch all all the seasons you know in like three right weeks. and they're like oh, that's exactly what we do i yeah. still do that i still use my cousin's netflix password to watch yes. myself on Cobra Kai. No, I'm kidding. I, I pay for my own. I'm, I'm kidding, guys. Whoever's listening to this from Netflix. They don't, well, they should give you one, I think. Ted Sarandos. I know, right? Yeah. Seriously. They've been on their platform. It'll cost them nothing. Yeah. Come on, guys. Although well, they Joe, did. Joe Coy paid for his first one, you know? I think they just lost like 40% of their net worth that Netflix did or something. So. Right. Yeah. They ain't uh, giving out no free passwords. <laughs> yeah. Um. <laughs> Dan, I'm looking at your IMDb. Uh, you got something called the Donor Party. Going to be coming up. Yes. Yes, that is a feature film that I acted. Yes. Um, which is really fun. It is uh, an amazing fi- film by this guy, uh, Thomas Harp. Uh, Tom Harp, he's an amazing director. He did a lot of stuff on Children's Hospital. And uh, Malin Ackerman is the lead of the, of the movie. And oh, she's oh, wow. fantastic. And the whole experience was really fun because it was a very small crew, but it was like a who's who of like comedy, uh, especially in L.A. And um, yeah, it's going to be cool. Uh, I have a feeling it's going to be one of these like sleeper hit, like festival hits because it's a small movie, but I think it, it's got a lot of comedy in it. Bob Kadri, Jerry O'Connell, Aaron Hayes. Yeah. Myself. Yeah. That, that's it's a great cast. It's a great cast. Um, yeah. And everyone just 
we all got along very well, which might sound like uh, it doesn't matter, but like to do good comedy, it's very, very important that everyone is like vibing and like when you're not filming, you're all just hanging out and like keeping the ball rolling. So I think it's going to make for a good movie. I haven't seen any cuts of it, but we're done filming it. So hopefully it comes out good. Fantastic. And your character's MJ. Mm-hmm. Say anything about MJ, which is not Michael Jackson. Okay, oh, we're talking about Michael Jackson. Do I agree with Michael Jackson? Oh, God, you fucking guys are trying to get me canceled. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Um, yeah, I think it's going to be a great movie. I, I, uh, I, I will keep an eye out for it. We'll just keep an eye out for it and we'll talk about awesome. it when we can. We can talk about the Green Eggs and Dan podcast where we talk about what's in different celebrities' fridges, which uh, I think is... <laughs> That's absolutely brilliant. You want to see what is the most bizarre out of all everything you've seen, all the photos you've seen in refrigerators. What is the most bizarre thing you've seen? The most bizarre thing I've seen in a fridge. That's a great question. Um, you would think I had an answer prepared for that. I, I will say the most. I think the most bizarre thing is that the the people who are the best chefs have the worst fridges. Like I've had celebrity chefs who have like three Michelin star restaurants and their fucking fridge looks like they're on Rikers Island and they like, <laughs> <laughs> and they haven't been uh, let out of their cell for months to buy any to, to get any food. That's how it works in prison. You get out of your cell and you go buy food. Um, right. So, yeah, I think uh, I'm trying to think of some really, really awful things I've seen. Also, the fi- comedians fridges are the best because. If they're really full, you know that they're not working that much because they haven't been on the road. And if they're really empty, you know they're doing great. <laughs> That's an interesting indicator right there. Yeah. Who's healthy and who's not healthy? I mean, I would say the fridges of people with families have the best fridges, like hands down. I think single guys have the worst fridges, which is not that much of a surprise. Um, <laughs> Makes sense. Yeah, I'd say single dudes are fucking gross. <laughs> and it doesn't matter, dude, it doesn't matter what their economic background is. I've had right. famous famous actors who are single dudes and their fridges look like dog shit. <laughs> <laughs> so you're a known foodie, but are you also a chef as well? Uh, I do cook, yeah. I don't know that I go so far as to call my chef, myself a chef, but... I do love to cook. I post videos of it on my Instagram highlights. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, food is a bit, big part of my life. I have a show on the Food Network called Raid the Fridge. You guys can see it on Discovery Plus right now. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah, I love food so much, and I love comedy, and I try to mix those two as much as I can. I have a, a book coming out in March, oh, a comedic wow. food Ooh. memoir called uh, uh, Undercooked. Um, so yeah, man, I, I try to diversify my comedy portfolio because then if one thing isn't going well, something else will pick up the slack. Undercooked. What does that, uh, book entail? Um, it's basically standalone essays about my life through food. Um, the subtitle of it is, uh, how I let food be my life's navigator and how maybe that's a dumb way to live. So it's a lot of me being an asshole or me being an idiot. Uh, through life, uh, through the lens of food. I love it. Oh, that's so cool. It's not a What's food for somebody who's so thin. Oh, I vomit <laughs> everything. I, okay, good. I, oh, I, I, I smart. After I eat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, okay. 
I mean, yeah, I'm getting canceled after like, this, so we might as well we might as well go down swinging. I didn't hear what I didn't hear what the muffled sheriff just said. Okay. What? You're one of those Taylor Swift scales that says you're fat all the time. That's what it is, right? Okay, I'm gonna pretend like I didn't hear what he said because I think that'll be better for my career. Um, <laughs> <laughs> he's like, "What are you? Are you in a cigar shop? Where the fuck are you?" Well, see, I have a, a sports memorabilia. Sports memorabilia. Yeah. And why are you there right now? It's fucking midnight. Who's buying a <laughs> Who's buying a, a Don Mattingly rookie at fucking midnight? <laughs> That's a good question. What oh, kind of crack? What kind of fucking crackheads are like tapping on the window? <sighs> give me, give me some, you got you got Cy Young's uh, first first ball Cy Young ever pitched. Fucking <laughs> okay, hey. Yeah. It's very niche. Very wow. niche. Just get tweaker baseball fans to come to the store at one of the you guys are open from 11 p.m. to 5 a.m. <laughs> oh, Dad, this has been amazing, man. Thank you so much, man. We've been going a little late, and yeah, loved having you on, man. Can't wait. For of course, I love October Kai. Yeah, it's past our bedtime. It is past yeah. our bedtimes, but uh, before we let you go, if you could let us know who you are, throw out a plug for Cobra Kai, your podcast, whatever you want. Let us know you're on Below the Belt show and um, make a reference to something below the belt. Comedians are always good with this for some reason. Hmm. Um, okay, yeah, that's, you know, I wish you had told me this, uh, told my agent these talking points before we started. So I had time to yeah. think about it. I usually have a writing staff to look over all the hard-hitting pod questions speaking of hard hitting speaking of hard hitting that's what below the belt means to me um, um but i uh, my name is dan Adu. i am at stand up dan on all of the socials twitter instagram uh TikTok. um i have one of those apparently and uh no I'm, I'm doing a lot more social media so please follow me my podcast is called green eggs and dan and like you said, I interview celebrities based on what's inside their fridge. Uh, and I, I'm, I imagine there's going to be an extra season of Cobra Kai. I can't imagine they're not going to do that. And uh, finally, my book, March 21st. You can pre-order it now. Uh, it's called Green Eggs and Dan. Uh, I'm sorry, that's for the podcast. It's called Undercooked. You can uh, look it up on Amazon. Um, but thank you for having me, guys. So sorry I was late. And then the Below the no Belt problem. reference. Yeah. Got one? I told you, below the belt, I have something that's hard and hitting. It's hard hitting below the belt. There we go. Yes. <laughs> All right, God, as if, as if I didn't say enough that's going to get me in trouble. Let me end it on a hard-on joke. <laughs> All right, we do photo op in three, two, All one. Right. There it goes. All right. Cool. Dan, have a great All right, Dan, night. thanks so You're much. Awesome. Love to check Thank out the show on your official website. I appreciate it. Uh, cool. Later, guys. Right. So much, man. I will tell you, my, call, my sound will 100% be better than Paul's. Okay. 100 million percent. <laughs> That's a given. That's a given. Phone, so I'm doing pretty good for that. <laughs> <laughs> All, right. All right. Take All right, care, Brian. guys. Thank you. Take care, Dan. Bye-bye. See you. Bye. And that's it for tonight's Below the Belt show. Uh, 
We are uh, ending with our uh, another great interview from Monster Mania. Uh, Dan Roebuck, who plays the Count on Monsters. That's Rob Zombie's Monsters. If anyone hasn't seen it, guys, the the Monsters is so much fun. Another movie that you guys should watch oh, wow. during the Halloween season. No, 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 no more comments. Uh, no more comments. I mean, I actually know one of the original monsters. Well, I knew one of the original monsters. That uh, Fred Gwynn. Oh, there really? we go. This yeah, he the... used to own my shop all the time in Hampstead. So. Okay. Every monster, so, Italian, Italian town. Yeah. Not when he was alive. I mean, it's been yeah. a few years. But... Well, of course. Yeah. So, Not now. And, so if it if our show wasn't enough power packed as it was with Dana Dude, here is our special interview to close out tonight's show. Daniel Roebuck, who plays The Count in Rob Zombie's new Monsters movie on Netflix. Oh, it's a fantastic, fantastic film. I really enjoyed it. You know, it doesn't have all the crazy special effects, but that, you don't need that. It's a Monsters reboot, guys, in color. He talks about why they decided to go in color. He talks about, uh, you know, uh, Rob casting a lot of his favorites in the film, which, you know, a lot of directors do do that. So uh, it's a it's a great one, guys. So we will see you guys right. next week. Sweet dreams. Sweet dreams. Until then. Happy Halloween. Happy Halloween. Halloween. We're here, guys. Monster Mania 2022 with Daniel Roebuck. Wow, it's my first time at a Monster Mania. I'm so excited to be here. Yes. It's amazing. Yeah, so what was your experience been so far? Terrific. Dave Hagen has a great show here. Yes, he does. He's got a great crew of people. Everybody works hard. Wonderful volunteers. Uh, great, great guests mm -hmm. uh, who come as guests. And then there's us actors. Uh, I was very impressed by the people around here. Mm -hmm. So these shows uh, are great, and I think he does a great show. Yes. Speaking of great shows, watched Munsters last night on Netflix. Yes. Fantastic film. Wow, Rob Zombie doing a PG movie. Know, what, what, what was that like? And did he change his directing style to to kind of be more uh, of a family film? No, no, not at all. No, yeah. a director's a director. I, mm -hmm. I mean. But, but, but believe me, it'd be great if uh, you could do only one kind of film. But really, mm -hmm. every director wants to do every genre. Yes. And uh, I think Rob Zombie is just a great director. So he could certainly do do this great work on a PG movie. Mm -hmm. He could do a G movie. He could do an opera. I'm sure mm -hmm. he could do anything he wants to do. Yeah. I think you did a fantastic job as the Count. Tell us about your experience getting that makeup chair and, and, and getting all I the blue it. on. So I wanted to be... There was a point in time in mm -hmm. my life where I thought about becoming a makeup man mm -hmm. because I didn't know that I could be a professional actor. Yeah. So I, I welcome the makeup. I welcome the three and a half hours in a chair. Yeah. It puts me in a zone, yes. gets my head in the right place. I'm learning my lines. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, I'm ready to go. It's great. Yeah. All right. So Rob loves to use a lot of the same actors in his projects. And I read that uh, he... He wanted to choose a lot of the actors he's familiar with because of onset chemistry and didn't 100%. want to. 100%. Yeah. Every, every director uses the same people over and over again. Mm -hmm. Why? Because they're not idiots. Because <laughs> you work with your friends. You know mm -hmm. your friends. You know they'll work for you. You know they'll yeah. rally for you. And you know their abilities. So you cast them based on their abilities. It's very funny to me. Things mm -hmm. that are funny to me. Rob Zombie gets a lot of, uh, a lot of flack for starring his wife in every movie. Mm -hmm. uh, Kim Burns starred his wife in every movie. 
Woody Allen starred his wife in every movie mm-hmm. while he was like molesting her daughter. Like, I mean, <laughs> this this whole like wow. like no, but well, it's true, folks. It's yeah. gross, gross. Woody Allen. Um, <laughs> I think he's retired now. Anyways, <laughs> he's what? He retired. I don't care. He shouldn't have done it. Um, but but the point I'm making is. Mm-hmm. Um, Every director works with people they like. Yes. And if you're married to an actress as great as Sherry Moon Zombie, yeah. why wouldn't you put Sherry Moon Zombie in a movie? She did fantastic. You all did fantastic. Oh, why not? I love her. Yeah. yeah. Now, you filmed overseas and a combination of Los Angeles both, right? No, no. All, all, all overseas. Budapest, all in Budapest. So the L.A. was kind of a fake L.A. <coughs> yes. <laughs> it was a complete fake L.A. Oh, wow. How was it filming in the Budapest area? It was great. I mean, the, the only problem was it was, you know, there's... Yeah. Uh, did, have you guys have you guys heard of COVID, coronavirus? Has mm-hmm. that come up? Um, <laughs> well, you've heard about it, and some of us had it. <laughs> Sadly, <laughs> not anymore. No, it's, it's been a couple of years. I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, but but what's funny is I keep getting this cough. So hold on. Okay, that's quite all right. <laughs> Which I promise isn't coronavirus. <laughs> that's quite. You got to nourish the nourish the throat there, right? Say, I promise, Doctor. Oh, really? You're a doctor, right? Okay, <laughs> wrapping it up. So uh, it was a great time working in Budapest. Problem was, there was this thing called COVID, mm-hmm. uh, which everyone may have heard about. Right. So they wouldn't let us do stuff, and they wouldn't accept. I went there fully vaccinated in America, and yes. they did not accept our American vaccine card. Wow. I said, "Who do you accept?" Slovakia. Oh, jeez. It hasn't even been a country since 1941. So anyway, that's a joke. I know it's a, probably a country. I, I'm going to figure that out. Don't, don't write me letters. Um, I am a Slovak. Anyway, anyway, so, well, yeah, it was great. That's fantastic. So uh, I was curious about the, the possibility of a sequel. I hope so. Yeah. I think people should start a petition, a demand. They should demand it. Yes. Demand that there's another Monsters movie starring us. <laughs> of course, the same cast. Now, I, I also read that they didn't want to do black and white. The, the well, color was 100% on... Yeah, on, Rob on, would have done black and white. But yeah. you got people, again, these mm-hmm. nonsensical things people write. You cannot make a black and white movie for children in 2022. That's right. It's not going to happen. Stop saying it should have been, it could have been, it should have been. It hasn't. Last time they did it for a family movie, Young Frankenstein, that was 1974. Mm-hmm. I think people are confused. That was 50 years ago. 50 years ago. So Universal Studios was never, ever, ever, ever going to allow them to make uh, the monsters in black and white. So it's in color. So And it's fabulous. And Yuren Popovic, uh, Zoran Popovic shot it beautifully. And, and you can't see the blue and the green of uh, your character and Herr Herman's because of the color, right? Yeah, I know people are like, well, you know, you could watch it with the color turned off. Mm-hmm. And my thinking is, do you watch Monsters Go Home with the color turned off? Mm-hmm. No, you watch it with the color on because it was made in color. Right. So why would you watch this movie with the color? I don't get it. Whatever. Do whatever you want. But buy it. Mm-hmm. Buy it. All right. Buy it. And before we wrap up. Any uh, upcoming other projects you want to talk about? So much stuff coming out. I, I invite yeah. people to come to a channelofpeace.org. Okay. We have so many movies. Nice. Uh, we have two uh, in the in the shoot coming out next year. One's called Lucky Louie, mm-hmm. and the next is called The Hail Mary. And I have so many movies. I work a lot, so I have a lot of movies coming out. But keep, wow. a, keep an eye on our, our social media, Mr. Daniel Roebuck, and mm-hmm. we'll talk about all of them. 
That's right. And of course, streaming now Netflix, The Monsters. <laughs> yeah, it's a lot of fun. <laughs> and, if, and if we could, before we let you go, let us know who you are, the count from The Monsters, and you're on Below the Belt Show. Uh, what's it called? Below the Belt Show. Why is it called that? Uncensored. Uncensored entertainment podcast. Okay. I'm, <laughs> I hit below know, the belt. <laughs> we hit below the belt. Okay, I get it. I get it. I get it. Uh, uh, I get it. Okay. Hi, this is Daniel Roebuck, and you're listening to the Below the Belt podcast. The only time I go below the belt. <laughs> that was fantastic. Thank you so much. Well, it has been a ill show tonight, and I think we have all learned some valuable lessons. This is your bot for the bad boys of Baltimore saying, until next time, keep chilling like a villain. Bye, goodbye, 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 goodbye.